Welcome to Broad Ideas. You guys are always silent every time I say that. You do not join in. You want this to be like a chorus? Yeah, ready? Let's try it. On the count of three. One, two, three. Welcome to Broad Ideas. (laughs) Nailed it. That's why they are assholes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Today, um, Abigail Spencer is joining us today. I think that people probably are most familiar with her. She was on Mad Men, had a really fun role on that. She was on Suits. She's good friends with the Meghan Markle. And Is Meghan Markle on Suits? That was the show Meghan Markle did, yeah. I mean, I'm sure she did other shows, but that was the main one, I, I would say. I know Abigail from Rectify. Yes, Rectify. She has a new show coming out, but it doesn't have a name yet. It's a sitcom. So go watch that. So go watch that. <laughs> and she also has County Line Florals, which I think is the coolest thing. An amazing project. Beautiful arrangements. She sent me the most amazing arrangement. Yeah. Do you want to like a, a peek behind the curtain? Talk about what happened when she sent you flowers? Food poisoning. Oh, yeah. Food poisoning turned into I had probably stomach probably bug. Probably a stomach bug. Right. I had to reschedule. <laughs> yes. Because I was vomiting and shitting myself <laughs> yeah for like 10 weeks and she keeps being like you don't have food poisoning yeah. we're like, like day, <laughs> i'm like day three i was like i don't, this I don't doesn't think sound this is, like food i know poisoning anymore. and then briar like threw up one yeah and i was like well maybe it's not <laughs> yeah she's like come over it was just food poisoning no it was brutal brutal oh my god i Proje- blamed i had blamed five guys projectile vomit and diarrhea which five guys that. well i'm not gonna say Oh, which were the five guys? She made a joke. It went right over my Because it sounded like, well, I blame five different guys, you know. Five guys, all of my five guys. <laughs> um, but anyway, the lovely, beautiful, amazing Abigail joins us. So listen up. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little all these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride we'll talk about dogs and kids and things we'll talk about chicks and tampon strings we'll talk about boys that make you cry we'll talk about death because people die you know what? Actually, we met because you and I did something for Art of Elysium years, years ago. Which in hell was it? Like, yes. um, I one think of the we early actually, ones? yeah, I think yeah, we actually yeah. went somewhere and did like that. together. Yeah. Oh wait, oh wait, like, at the hospital? Yeah, like, like we went, and, or it was either the hospital. It was like deep North Hollywood, maybe. I don't know, but oh I remembered that. Yes, I think that's the only time I've ever met you officially well and, and I was cast as all the boy parts I don't know if, uh, that's what I remember because <laughs> you go and you you like bring you your act art out, you bring your right. your your skill set your yeah. artistry and it was like you know we were yeah acting out children's stories right and I just remember like you all the boy parts you were the princess and I was the squirrel and then the knight <laughs> and then the prince <laughs> and she, and she was like princess 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember being like Appropriate, appropriate. Appropriate. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, that's hilarious. You're like playing Oliver Twist. I do remember yeah. that. Totally. I was like, you know, just like the pirate. And she's like, I'm the princess. <laughs> I was, Not by choice. <laughs> Not by choice. 
Yeah, but right. I was like, that had to have been, God, I don't know, like 12 years ago. I don't that even know. That is a really a long very time. long More time. More than that. And it's so interesting because my son was a newborn. And I remember when I started oh, wow. volunteering, he was like a really, really small baby. God. And and Jennifer Howell is a, a good friend of mine. And, and what she started with Art of Elysium is unbelievable. But going and volunteering, having a very healthy baby. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and then going, like I remember that day, I, I left and I went to the parking lot. It was like I was, okay, I got to keep it together for everyone right. here, mm-hmm. right? But I was like that well was kind of, you know, filling up. And the second I walked out, I fell into the parking lot and I started <laughs> weeping. Oh, oh man. And just the hormones, but oh, also yeah. just the gratitude of like, I'm so lucky and I have a, a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And... Just witnessing what these families are going through, you it's know. It's very eye-opening, it right? Yeah. And yeah, especially having a newborn at the time. I mean, I can't imagine it. Like you said. Yeah, it was it was wild. You're so, just like in a different world when that oh baby gosh, is new. I mean, yeah. you're just barely functioning, right? <laughs> yeah, because I hadn't had a, my kid yet. Right. She's turning eight this month. So. Oh, turning eight. Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. A little later. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I mean, that's young, young too. Well, yeah, you were so, so how old were you when you 26 had 26 when I was pregnant. Wow, that's young. It's young for LA. Right, right, right. right. It's normal for, <laughs> right, right, it's right. normal yeah. for like everywhere else outside of Los Angeles True. County. Yes, but, yes. But it was, it was, a, it was an adventure. It was like my version of like skydiving or like doing drugs. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have a baby before <laughs> anyone else. Like, I'm going to get married and have a baby and get a divorce and like see what that's like before yeah. I oh, turn man. 30. But all the of system. that, all of that before 30. Yeah. And my father died before I turned 32. It kind of all happened at once. You know, that movie, um, Everything All at Once. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that could be the name of my life story. Right. But I had my son. My career was also really expanding at the time, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because all my friends who are actors were like, you're going to have a you're pregnant. What about your career? Right. Like it's yeah. over. Like everyone's right. like, it's over. And I'd been acting for 10 years before that too. So I was like deep into an experience already because my first job was when I was 17. Wow. I moved to New York by myself start on a soap opera called yep. All My Children. Remember those guys? Oh my sure God. <laughs> sure do. The first version of reality shows. <laughs> that's what I feel like. I feel like what once reality shows came in, it's like, that's that's our soap opera now. That's like we don't op- We don't you know, need to be in the imagined version of it because now we have reality shows. Right, right, right. But I know a lot of people said soap operas were kind of like, not boot camp, boot but camp. acting camp. Acting you know, boot camp. just as far as learning like, technical things oh my and gosh. whatnot. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was because, so, I mean, I, I always wanted, like my dream was to be an actor living yeah. in New York, making my living as an actor mm-hmm. in New York. And by the age of 17, I got it. That's great. How does it feel to be like, okay, I did that at 17? Yeah. It was wild. And I'm so curious about your journey with yeah. acting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because did you start young I, as well? You know or? what? My parents were very, uh, they, you're doing school and after high school, yeah. if you want to do it. And I did, like in high school, I did a play and my dad was like, you know, you're kind of good at this. Do you want to try it? And I was like, hmm. yeah. So I kind of did it right after high school is okay. when I started. Yeah. My parents were similar. Like, yeah. Because when I was 11, I was up for the new Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, I made cool. it to the final audition. Oh, yeah. Mickey Mouse Club? Who was Club? in it at that time? Well, we didn't know it, but I would have been a part of the class of Brittany, Brittany and Justin and, and Carrie and, and Ryan. And, shit. And we were, like, we're packing the car. I'm from Florida. And yeah. We're, yeah. So I'm from Gulf Breeze, Florida. We're 
pack in the car. I'm 11 years old. I'm in, I've already told all my friends, I'm going, I'm in the final audition for Mickey Mouse Club. And I watched it, you know, growing up and Kids yeah. Incorporated. Oh, Kids Incorporated oh my and God, Mickey Mouse Club were my life. 100%. Yes, mine as well. And K-I-D-S. I mean, we could go on and on. For sure. Same time. Yes, thank you. Thank you for this. And And then they were like, we're not moving to Orlando. Mm. Like, we're not going to uproot our family. And my dad is a professional surfer and he has family businesses where I'm from. And my brothers are both surfers. And they're like, you you can do this like when you're done with high school, but we're going to keep you here and you, you know, you you can do it yeah, yeah. after you're done with this, but we're not uprooting our lives. And okay. I was devastated. Oh, devastated. Super yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, that was tough. And, and also I'm so grateful because I think like, I can't, Imagine, I, I I always feel like these things that come up, these opportunities and they don't work out, it's my soul protecting me mm-hmm. on some level because... Rejection is God's protection I is believe. what I've always been told. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that because yeah. there's been so many forks in the road. Like even, so what happened was I was going to go to Carnegie Mellon for musical theater. That was my, oh my God. Amazing. theater yeah. school of choice. Mm-hmm. And God, I actually met Leslie Odom Jr. Who, no way. At my Carnegie Mellon audition. <laughs> So we met at our audition and like became best friends from that day. Ended up both getting into the class, like, and that's where I was headed. And at my audition in New York, I auditioned for all the theater schools. Like mm-hmm. they have this one hotel so that you can just go to each one. So it was like Cincinnati, NYU, Carnegie Mellon. Like mm-hmm. you can just do them all in one. And which is so nice, by the way, for that you don't have to travel all over the country. That is. Yeah. It's so nice. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And uh, I just remember at the dance audition for Carnegie Mellon, it's like they bring you this giant room and there's a huge mirror. And and I see this gorgeous man, like dark melanin skinned man in the back with these giant dreads. And I had really long curly hair. Like I always used to say that my hair arrived and I arrived five minutes later because yeah. it was just <laughs> so big and Southern. And so I... Saw him and at the end of the audition, we just turned towards each other and started walking towards each other. And I was like, who are you? And he goes, who are you? <laughs> and we spent the whole day in New York together, ended up both getting into the class, got even closer. And then I postponed my, uh, I guess it's deferred enrollment because mm-hmm. while I was on that same trip, I ended up meeting the casting director of all my children on a general meeting. She remembered me, then asked me to come up to audition in New York from Gulf Breeze. And I was like, Judy, I can't. I'm playing Rizzo in Greece and doing a wonderful <laughs> festival. Like long cigarette, like I'm yeah. assistant directing the show. And I simply have no time to come audition for I your show. No, I really was very busy. Yeah. <laughs> very busy. She pursued it. I'm giving you the super Cliff Notes version of it. But like she kept pursuing it and then convinced me to put myself on tape. Mm-hmm. So I'll send you some sides and just make it super easy. I'm like, fine, what are sides? You know, I'd only done wow. television. I mean, I'd only done theater at that time. I had no idea how to be on camera or, right. or do any of that. So she faxed them to my dad's surf shop. I like had to take off the perforated edges and cut up <laughs> each page, made a tape, sent it in. Wow. They flew me up like a week later wow. for a screen test. And I'm just like, I'm going to Carnegie Mellon. This is a fun story I'll tell one day on Rachel Bilson's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's all I'm thinking. And then three days later, I got the job. Wow. Called Carnegie Mellon. And they said, we'll just hold your spot. You know, you, this is why people come to school this to is get why a job. You, yeah. Right. And I moved to New York while I was still a senior in high school. <gasps> so to come back to your 
question. I'm I'm a little bit of a squirrel. Like I, we'll always find our way back. Yeah, but. no, yeah, <laughs> but that's what you're here for. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I called them and they were like, you, you've got to do it. So they held my spot there, went to New York, and like all of a sudden I had, you know, I wanted to be a professional actor living in New York, making my living acting. And when I got everything I wanted, I wasn't happy. And that's when I actually had to go on a deeper journey with all of this because I felt like my identity, like I didn't know who I was without it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think as an artist, it's like, what do you have to say? And I just felt like I don't have anything to say. Like all I do is show up and people put things on me and I'm saying words I don't really understand. And mm-hmm. and also I had quite a bit of success out of the gate. Like I mm-hmm. was nominated yeah. for Best Newcomer of the Year and I won and I'm on national television. I'm 18 years old. That's and so I'm young. national Baby. television. <laughs> so young. And my parents didn't, you know, my dad was a pretty famous surfer by the time he was 17. Mm. So they didn't, wow. like they were just like, you find what you love, you make a whole life of it, you're older, like go do it. You right. Know? And so yeah. I, I went and did it and I was very good at making it seem like everything was okay when I was like, I don't, what am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life? And mm-hmm. so I was on the show for three years and back to the boot camp of it all. Like yeah. what I wasn't getting from the conservatory, I was getting that onset experience. Like I yeah. can feel my light and my mark and I do not like within an inch of its life, like mm-hmm. all the things that they can't teach you. Right. Because I always say, I'm like, if you really want to teach people how to act, have one room where you have to do a scene and it's snowing. And you go to the next room and it's raining. And yeah. in the next room, it's 110 degrees. And the other one, it's two degrees. Like, right. like it's the elements. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's so much more than anything so else. So distracting. I felt like it refined this athleticism mm-hmm. in me. Like, Absolutely. Like that it's a skill set. It's a skill set. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I got a lot of that. And then I had to like go on a journey. Yeah. I had to go, I had to go on a journey with, with it all. But I think that's so important because I think that that's the thing that everybody misses when they work their whole life to achieve something and then they get it Mm -hmm. and they're not happy. Mm -hmm. And like you having that happen at 17 is kind of like almost like a spiritual elevator. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's go quick to Mm -hmm. the point. And the point is none of that shit does anything, does it? Well, it was interesting because, I, I mean, I, I remember the moment I was walking up 66 towards Broadway because we shot on 66 in Riverside in New York for all the people that know New York. And I just remember walking up and and I was probably like two a year and a half, two years into my experience on the show. And I was getting recognized quite a bit, like having some success, like my friends that like, oh my gosh, like living the, she's living the dream. And I remember walking up the street and a few people were passing by me and I noticed that I noticed that they didn't recognize me or weren't noticing me. And I was like, why am I noticing that? <laughs> like, like, why does right. that matter to me? And I noticed that when I didn't feel that my relationship to myself would dip, mm-hmm. like I felt like there was a worthiness that was getting attached to what I did and I didn't know if I knew who I was without it. And it really scared me. I mean, it was just that this simple moment. It was like a, f- a few people passing and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in trouble. I have to go get a, a life mm-hmm. somehow. To have that awareness at that age is, yeah. is actually huge to be able to recognize that. That's why I say like my soul has really 
been such a protector in my life. Mm-hmm. And and just being like I I've always been sensitive to that still small voice and mm-hmm. and it really woke me up but oh my god like it was so hard after that like it got really really hard i i kind of had to lose everything like i mm-hmm. i had a really big panic attack after i got off the show cuz i was trying to get a job in the theater and nobody everyone's like you've been on a soap opera like you can't act uh-huh. <laughs> i mean th- there was a real stigma right. against yeah. it sure. especially in new york and it was kind of right as things were shifting into inviting more people from television and film into the theater space mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of big shift to draw people and audiences and more of the business mindset. And so it, it was really like I, and in the middle of an audition, I had an anxiety <gasps> attack. Like I was auditioning for this play. It was an off-Broadway theater and I, I'll never forget it. It was like, it went dark. I started getting dizzy in the middle of the scene. I couldn't swallow. Like it was, it was literally like, and I was like, I have to go. (laughs) I was like, I have to leave right now. And I like ran out of the theater and like, like burst into the, like the sunshine of New York. And I was like, I I, got to get out of here. I got to get out of New York. I I, like something's going on and I have to, I, I need some space to, to really figure out who I am because I don't know who I am without this. And mm-hmm. what happens if I have an anxiety attack or what happens if mm-hmm. I don't get a job? My insides and my inner life cannot be so attached because I'm so out of control. Like, right. yeah. no, con- I mean, we have no control in general, but like I have no control yeah. in this in this space and in this industry. I mean, that's why I will say all the time that I love being an actor because I I find it such a soul teacher because you really have to be in relationship with, not knowing, not knowing what's going to happen. And and then mm-hmm. also making decisions to yeah. create more agency and choice in your life. Like even just what you're doing here, it's like you, this is the thing you get to create. Right. And, and that's, and that learning how to do that early on, like that's what I started to learn how to do was create things for myself. So then I didn't outsource energy for the day-to-day of the yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, because I was like, well, I'm not outsourcing that because I'm going to do my own things. And then that's going to be and and also like, oh, great. And also I get to do that. Right. And that was a big journey in probably most of my 20s and a big part of it, kind of coming back to having my son at such a young age because my son wasn't planned, even though he was on some yeah, level, yeah, you know, yeah. um, was, was that like, it just put me in so much trust and like, I, I was like, I may never act again. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And mm-hmm. I was so fulfilled becoming a mother. It was... I just, I, I loved being pregnant. I loved becoming a mom. And I was like, maybe I'll never act again. And then all of a sudden the phone ring and he was two months old and they're like, can you come do this job? And I'm like, uh, you may not want to put me on camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you haven't seen me in a while, but it was just like, and then learning how to do that. And so you worked that. when he was two months old? That was the first job that I had. Um, so wild. I did a pilot when I was 23, kind of, there's always, and I'm curious how you guys feel about this too, but I've had like um, these gifts of jobs that really shift, like shift things. Mm-hmm. And some people have seen them and some people have not. And there were a lot of things that people didn't see, but I did this pilot when I was 23 years old called Introducing Lenny Rose. Mm-hmm. And it was like my dream job. It, uh, it's about a, a singer, songwriter, artist who lives in New York and her artist friends and a woman named Krista Vernoff created it. And at the time, she was the number two on a new show called Grey's Anatomy that hadn't premiered yet. 
Mm. It was like, that's what we're talking about. And we're 19 seasons into Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's that? Hey, what's yeah. that? <laughs> it was like this mid-season show and she and this she had this pilot. It was her first show that she created. And, and I read it and I was like, my friend Andrew Leeds, shout out to Andrew Leeds because big part of my life, he sent it to me. He's like, you are Lenny Rose. And I hadn't worked in a while. Like I couldn't get a job after the soap opera. Like it right. was hard. Mm. I mean, the stigma of theater. And then I came out to L.A., like, okay, well, if I can't get a job in the theater, maybe, you know, television. And Can I get <laughs> yeah, it like, maybe not. And also growing up surfing and from Florida, the weather. Yeah, was I was going to say you surfed as well growing yeah, up. I did. Big surf family. Big surf yeah. family. And I mean, I am not a surfer. I surf. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't anyone that surf a surfer? No? I... I, it's I, different. I think it's different. Okay. Like surfers get up at 5 a.m. They don't care if it's cold. They right. don't care if it's warm. They don't care about the other. They're not, they're not there to be comfortable. Right. I'm, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> While I'm surfing. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not a surfer. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Broad Ideas is supported by Caraway. It's time to ditch the chemicals with Caraway Homes non-toxic cookware and bakeware collections so you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake. Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home and feature a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compound will leach into your healthy ingredients. All sets come equipped with easy-access storage solutions so that no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids. For the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, and mini cookware. This exclusive deal won't last long, so make sure to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. I love Caraway so much. I feel good about what I'm cooking and putting in my kid's body because there are no harsh chemicals. Also, it's super pretty. I leave it out because it's that good looking. Visit CarawayHome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so visit CarawayHome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Caraway. And actually, acting to me is 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 a lot like surfing, like creating is surfing and... And I learned so much from witnessing my brothers and my dad. And my dad is the reason I'm an actor. And, you know, because I started surfing when I was three and my mom was, my mom did not want me to be a surfer. She's like, not another, I can't take one more. Like my my daughter cannot be a surfer. So my dad put me in dance class because he called it land surfing. That's so cute. (laughs) So he was like, well, it's close, you know. Um, So I feel like, I, yeah, like like surfer, it's it's that soul element, and I and I feel like I have that in me, but I am not. I'm right. not a surfer. I do not. It, it is a live, breathe. Thing, you know, it, right? It's it's a beautiful thing, and I have a lot of deference for and 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 my brother. I mean, everyone in my family. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. It's it very wild cool. upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> you came. You were talking about the job you got at the Lenny Rose. Yeah, it was oh, yeah, the first yeah. job. Yeah, so I got off the soap, and it was really—I don't think I really got a job after that. For oh, you know what? I got one pilot. I got one pilot in between, and maybe a guest star or something. But it was not an easy transition. And but man, I read this pilot introducing Lenny Rose, and I was like, "Who is Christopher Knopf?" Like, 
I felt like she was writing my insides on the page. I was mm-hmm. like, I am Lenny Rose. And they wouldn't see me for the role. Like, they mm-hmm. wouldn't see me wow. for the pilot. It was ABC. And it was a cast contingent pilot. So they were really trying to get someone. Get someone. Get someone. Mm-hmm. And I was not someone. And... <laughs> But I wrote a song for it, like I, because she's a singer-songwriter, and I sing and I play music, and I, my mother plays seven different instruments. Like Holy crap. a real artist, like a yeah. really kind of mm-hmm. very artist-centric family. And and I played piano for years and wrote songs, and so I uh, I wrote this song for it, and I was like, I'm gonna bring my guitar player, and I'm just gonna. I, I'm going to get him ready. I'm just going to start getting ready. Like, it was like kind of, it was, I was manifesting. Yeah, like I was, was going to say. I'm just yeah. getting ready because they kept saying no. I was like, I'm just going to write this song. I'm going to work with my guitar player. And they kept saying no. And I wrote this letter to my manager at the time. And I was like, they didn't want Julia Roberts for Pretty Woman. Like, it was my oh, manifesto. They didn't want Carrie Russell for Felicity. Maybe <laughs> they don't know what they want. We have to show them. <laughs> and so my manager, like, passed on that letter to the casting director, Jeannie Backrack. Wow. Um, who had cast me in that one other pilot that I did. Uh, okay. And she just saw me really did. I mean, I just wasn't the the character to her. And uh and and so I I was able to get like a a session with Krista and the producers. And I remember I went in for the first time and they didn't see me. I could tell that like nobody saw me for this part at all. And my hair was really long. I didn't hear anything for a week and I cut all my hair off. Like, I just like, was yeah, like, you're like, you let it go. Yeah. And then they called me back and they're like, can we see you tomorrow? And I was like, I cut all my hair off. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw me and then it was like everything changed. And this, I'm getting to the Krista Vernoff of it all because I ended up getting the part. There were lots of hoops to jump through, but I ended up getting this role and making this pilot with Krista Vernoff. I've worked with eight times since. Oh, like, wow. She's now the showrunner of Grey's Anatomy. Wow. Okay. And, and was the number two for many years, came back, and then I n- am now on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but I did many. I did Krista's Next Pilot. We've done movies together. We've developed things together. Like, I meet this person this, where I said, I feel like Krista yeah. Vernoff is writing my soul. And wow. And then now, and then we have a whole, I mean, I lived with her when I was going through my divorce. Like, she's mm. family to me. And, and, and I guess I guess maybe what I'm kind of like exploring is is I've just met so many wonderful people in this industry who are real soul people. Yes. And and you meet those soul people and you really can make a whole life together. And and Christopher Inoff is probably, I would say, one of the most generous and wonderful people in this industry. And I'm just so lucky that I met her. But then all of a sudden people knew they saw that pilot, and even though it didn't get picked up, it was like I started working more, I started mm-hmm. working, and then I had my son. In the middle of all that, and I was like, "Well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'll never work again." Two months later, Krista Vernoff called me. We love Krista. We love Krista Vernoff, <laughs> and she's the one that called me yeah. and said, "I wrote a role for you on Private Practice because she was consulting on the show. She had left oh, Grey's Anatomy, but right. they brought her over to kind okay. of like right. o- oversee, yeah. like help out with pri- Private Practice." She's like, "I wrote a role for you on the show," and I'm like. I just had a baby. You know? like, like, I was like, you probably don't want to put me on camera. And she's like, just say yes. Just say yes. And so I just said yes. They figured it out. Like, I was nursing around the clock. They oh. figured it out on the turnarounds when I could nurse. She wrote this beautiful guest star role about a new mother Aww. who was dealing with postpartum. Shonda Rhimes mm-hmm. and Betsy Beers were 
so incredible. They ended up like putting me up for an Emmy for the part. And then Shonda ended up from that wanting to put me as the lead of her next pilot. Like it's just so, yeah, it's, you know, it's just so, and and the people that come in, like, you know, Krista's one of my people. That's what it sounds like a person. Yeah. She, she, she definitely, definitely. What did she see in you? What do you think it was? Like, where did you go? What was the... (laughs) We, we talk about the, this a lot because yeah. we have a 10-year age difference between us. And we actually did our astrology. And she's like my aunt and my, my astrological oh, aunt wow, in astrology. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because she had to so do it. Cool. She's like, because we have so many yeah. al- alignments and yeah. so yeah, many yeah, yeah. things. Like something will happen to her and then it happens to me 10 years. Like, it's like she goes through something, learns the lesson. And then she, and part of like our soul journey together is for her to pass it on to me so that maybe I don't have to go through this, you know, we, yes. we go through things to st- hopefully kind of not bypass people going through things, but maybe save people so they have a gentler process, mm. I think, going through this world. Mm. And, a pillow. And yeah, a pillow. A little pillow. We have so many similarities. Like uh, her father, my father died very suddenly of a heart attack on Valentine's Day in 2011. And her father also died um, the same week, like 10 years earlier. Yeah. yeah, we have like a lot of really wild things. Crazy connections. Yeah. Really so I read crazy. that about your dad because you have that your beautiful floral company. I mean, that was the most gorgeous bouquet oh, you're so ever. Sweet. You're, how are you feeling, by the way? Oh my God. <laughs> she was, I was really oh, sure. Right. It was, was like, turned in, it was a stomach bug. It was not food poisoning because it, it lasted yeah. for like yeah. 10 yeah. days. Or no, not 10 days. It was a week. But mm. yeah, oh, thank you. That really was long. So amazing. And I mm. I love flowers. And like, I think I would be a florist if I could be anything. Mm-hmm. I just putting them together and stuff. Well, but we're hiring. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to call you. No, I but mean, it, what a, it's together. a beautiful thing. And how, it's called County Line because mm. he passed away yeah. in Ventura on the County Line, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was out of nowhere. No. Oh my God. I mean, going through that, that must have been, I can't imagine. Life, life changing, you know. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. I, yeah, it was. It's been really interesting because I'm 11 years out from right. it. Right, 11 at this years point. out. Yeah. How, what was his name? Yancey Spencer the Third. I love that name. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and he's and the, and my older brother's the fourth, so it's like it's a family name on on his side. Yeah, it was interesting. I guess that we're kind of in on some timeline through the story. Is like, you know, I met Krista, did Lenny Rose, I had my son, and then I was cast on Mad Men. Uh, I did that private practice. Kind of didn't work. All of a sudden. I was getting calls to audition and I didn't have a nanny at the time. So I'd bring Roman. Like I didn't yeah. know how to do it because nobody, I didn't yeah. know was doing it. No, there's nobody no was guide, doing but, it. Yeah. Not like, nobody had no. a babe. And I was like, uh, cause you get these last minute calls and I'm like, I don't have any, uh, can I bring him with me? And so I would bring Roman, be nursing him while I was getting notes from like the producers and, you know, whoever else, the director, and then have the casting director hold and like do the audition. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was just winging it and yeah. I walk in with the baby and all the other actors would be like, what is happening? Or sometimes like I'd see an actress in the lobby that I knew and I trusted. I'm like, do you mind holding my yeah, son? Like, totally. <laughs> and these were, these were like, you know, producer yeah. sessions, yeah. like, like, yeah, I, like long auditions. Right. And wait, but don't you think it's so fucked up that there isn't a better system for working mothers yes. in the in business? Yeah. 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 I, it's, it's mind blowing yeah. to me. And, and as my, career expanded mm-hmm. because I, I worked consistently before I had my son, but I worked way more after I had my mm-hmm. son, which was wild. Like, right. like everyone's like, oh, it's kind of, are we closing up shop? And it was like, all of a sudden shop was open and we were like opening franchises around the world. Right. That's how I felt. I was like, I was like, I could have gone anywhere at any time for anyone 
And that didn't happen while, while I was free. And then right. I have my son yeah, and course. now all the phones are, and you want me to travel all over the world. And I really had to say no to a lot of mm-hmm. things, which is bananas yeah. for an actor who's like, opportunity. Yeah. 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 And opportunities, you feel like you have to say yes to everything. But what I thought was so interesting is as my time got more valuable and as I valued myself and my time and I had something kind of back to the the street, yes. the moment on the street. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, when this... I break up with acting all the time. I, I break up with anything <laughs> yes. that becomes uh, too important in my mm-hmm. life where, where I feel like... Except Roman. Except Roman. I always <laughs> <laughs> That is... I, I mean... Yeah. It, and it, it totally changed me. It was like Roman was the priority. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now... And I think, again, my, I remember thinking before I was pregnant with him, like, I, w- I don't want my life to be about me. And I was married and I was in a partnership and I was in a lot of charity work at the time. And I was, I was desperate for my life not to be about me. And I didn't know how to not make my life be about me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I got pregnant. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> also, though, too, I, I heard, I've heard this a lot and, and I believe this to be true in my life 1000% that the baby comes with its own abundance. Mm. And it's mm. almost like when they come, they open up. Like, it's like, yes, those were your opportunities, but right. were they? Yeah. You know, it's like they come with their own consciousness, their mm. own opportunity, their own abundance, and it kind of works through you as mom. <sighs> well, I felt, I felt that. I felt like, I felt it all. I mean, it was just like a total creative renaissance, like shift. Uh, I mean, I was open hearted and also a release because I was mm. like, maybe I won't be, you know, like yeah. it was like, I totally let it go. And then it came back in so abundantly because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. soon after that, I did the private practice and and then I tested for the lead of eight pilots in a row, like holding Holy up shit. the lead of eight pilots that pilot <gasps> season. When we, remember when we had typical pilot, pilot season? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that was my life every year for a really long time. And, the, and I didn't get any of them. And I was like, okay, maybe we're coming back to the couch and we're being <laughs> and. I feel like I have to give you this detail. I had a dream. I felt also when I was pregnant and after I had my son, my dreams got really... Mm. I also, right before I discovered Carl Jung, and I started working Mm. with a dream. um, She's an acting teacher. Her name's Kim Gillingham, but she also works with the artist from your soul. And it really opened me up. So I met her. My soul opened up. All of a sudden, I'm having a baby, become a mom. And then there was this like great expansion, this great letting go. And I had a dream that I was supposed to be on Mad Men. Oh, no. Hey, I had that dream. (laughs) (laughs) I had this dream. My son was six months old at the time. And I had this dream. And I, and I, and I do, when you open up and you pay attention, and this has followed me around my whole life, I think, as you can probably tell. And, um, I don't tell, I've just started to really like tell people, or I tell my friends about it, but I feel like, um, I'm feeling more comfortable to, to say these things because I want to put language around things for people that might be feeling the same thing too and have more courage to to follow that that dream or that instinct. And so I called my then manager and I said, and he was kind of getting used to my like, you know, harebrained ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, look, I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be on Mad Men. <laughs> So I'm wondering, Laura Schiff and Carrie Audino, who are the casting directors. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I had not seen Mad Men. I'd never seen the show. Oh, what? Wow. But people would stop me and say, you, you should be on the show called Mad Men. I'm like, what's Mad Men? They're like, oh, this ad- admin in the early 60s. It's the and best. I, and I'm like, 
little did I know. And I said, you just, you just think I belong in the past, you know, or like, <laughs> like I make a joke about it. And I was like, oh. but it, I started to note it because it was happening a lot. Right. Like people were like, you should be on that. How interesting. It was so like yeah. people, on the, like strangers would be like, you should be on this show called Mad Men. And I, so I said, you know, people have said, I said, Carrie Dino and Laura Schiff were also two of my first, they, they're, they're a casting duo and they were one of my first meetings when I moved to LA. So I leave New York trying to get a job in television, can't get a job in the theater. I, I actually think they were my first general meeting when I came to LA and kind of became very godmothers in my life as well. Like mm-hmm. thinking of me, bringing me things like, uh, they cast me on my first series. They got on the air in 2006. Like I said, look, I love them. I know them well. I had this dream why don't you just give them a call and see like if there's something coming up that my, I might be right for? And and my manager at the time was like, yeah, we, you don't call the man. <laughs> I say, and, and they call you because it was the show. Right. I mean, it was going into I season three and it was huge. The show. Yeah. And I did start to see it everywhere. I think, you know, I started to, to feel it, but I, I still hadn't seen the show. And he called Carrie and, and Laura and they were like, oh my God. We cannot believe that you called. We were just talking about Abigail for a role in the show. And it was crazy. Just talking about her for a role in the show. It's not right away. So just hold tight. We'll call you back later. He calls me back. He's like, you're not going to believe it. I was like, I had a drink. You're like, I do believe (laughs) it. Yeah, I do believe it. But I also think it's the mother, like I'm becoming a mother Mm -hmm. and just like all of that energy and intuition. I was listening. And I was still, I was so much more still than I had ever been Mm. in my life. So a month goes by, I don't hear anything. And I'm like, oh, they might have, you know, they might have forgotten, moved on. Right at that moment where I was thinking that the phone rings, it's my manager they want to see you tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. I literally was eating Ben and Jerry's on the couch, by the way. Like, <laughs> Roman was napping. I'm eating Ben and Jerry's. I'm like, and they're like, it's fake sides. We don't even know what the role is, but, you know, you got to go tomorrow. And I, I remember getting the fake sides and I read it and I was like, oh, I know this woman. Like, I felt like this woman was my mother. Like, I, the energy of my mother, mm-hmm. so many similarities. Also, her name was Suzanne. And then come to find out, so I... Long story short, I go the next morning. I get cast by 7 p.m. I'm on set the next day. Holy <gasps> shit. Yeah, it was that fast. And with a baby. <laughs> and with an eight-month-old by this point. So nursing. Where's and your husband at the time through he was, all of this? Yeah, he was working. I mean, he worked, uh, he had a pretty steady day job. He worked at, I guess at the time, he was working at Apple by this point. Okay. So Apple was starting up and uh, he worked at Disney. So, so by this point, Point, you know, he's got a pretty steady non-entertainment job. Okay. And I'm momming and auditioning-ish. And now all of a sudden I've been cast on Mad Men. And they said it was going to be there the whole season, but they didn't, I mean, they didn't, they didn't tell me anything about Whoa. it. But I just felt like I knew her and I felt like I was there to say yes. And on top of it, I show up that morning. I have very long hair because one thing I learned while being pregnant and someone said, don't cut your hair. You're going to want to cut your hair a lot while you're pregnant. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't cut your hair. So I really like had that in my <laughs> So now it's eight months later and my hair is really long and falling out as one, mm-hmm. as it does yeah. after, after yep. giving birth and nursing. Um, and I show up that morning and they're like, they take out the scissors and they're literally about <gasps> to, and I was like, I'm sorry, wait, 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 what? And they're like, oh, uh, did no one tell you that, uh, you know, for the time period you, can't have hair longer than your shoulders. And and Matt, you know, requires all the actresses to have hair above their yeah. shoulders. And I was like, 
no, <laughs> no one told me this information. All of a sudden, I could only think of uh, the Coco Chanel quote, like a woman who's about to cut her hair is about to change her life. Right. Yes, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> so I was like, go for it and cut it. And I was on camera like an hour later. Whoa. And the, the first, my first scene was, um, for anyone that knows the show, you meet my character at this Maypole. It's uh, I, um, Sally Draper's teacher and there's this Maypole dance and I'm wearing a flower crown. <laughs> and I'm in this like white dress and like, and, and it was just so interesting. Like I, I had still hadn't seen the show. Oh. So I was like, I don't even know, but I felt, I felt in my bones and I meet John and I just felt like he's, he's a journeyman actor too. Like he has had a similar journey to me of just like working a lot. No one, no, and here we are. And it was, and I was like, I think I'm going to be seeing a lot of you this season. I said, but not too much because I'm nursing a baby. <laughs> so like, I'm going to, he's like, you have a baby? And I'm like, I have a baby, sir. And it was just so wild. I was also just so happy to have somewhere to go. Yeah. yeah. Like to go be me. Yeah, outside of mom. The baby. Having yeah. your own. Did you feel that way too? Like seven, eight months was when I felt like, okay, I'm ready to you like know, have my I life. I waited. I didn't fully work. Like I didn't take a full-time series regular show situation until she was three. Oh, wow. I worked mm -hmm. as a, I did some episodes. Mm -hmm. I just want to say she was like one and a half or two, but not before that. I was not yeah. ready. Yeah. You know, it's different. Everyone's, you know, journey is different, but yeah. I, I definitely, I was very committed mm -hmm. to that. But yeah, you get to that point where you feel like I need to be doing something. Right, 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 Because right. it's a lot. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't have like traditional help in this. I never had, you know, a nanny, a night nurse, or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really was doing it all. So I was like, there's no way I can do anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it takes so much. It really does. And I, I didn't have any of that at the beginning. It was like the work kind of then called for me to have to start. Absolutely. To of course. get more support. How and, could, yeah, there's no, I mean, you have to. Yeah. And yeah. his father too. I mean, you know, he his father was very involved at the at, and is still very involved. Mm -hmm. So it, it's more like it was just a dance all the time. It yeah. was just... And and discovery and like who am I in this new space? And I found it very interesting that I was um, embodying kind of a very sexual energy on the show. Like, and I was a new mother. Like, there's I, I always I can't I I'll never forget when I was doing a fitting. And my character was like running, and they bring out the tiniest white shorts I've ever seen. Oh, you're like, <laughs> and no. I'm nursing. I just had a baby, and I'm like. I'm the bravest woman in Hollywood. Like putting on my white <laughs> shorts and like going for it. Like it was, it was more like I had to, um, it was something I returned to again, just like, just letting go of my, um, I, I feel like it's my ego, you know, mm -hmm. my, um, just whatever attachment I had to how I felt. It, it just all kind of went out the window. I was like, I just have to show up and be courageous and brave in this moment. And, yeah, my soul just kind of like teaching me along the way. And so then I, I went and did that whole season while you know, Roman turned one while I was... It was so crazy. It was wild. And then after the show premiered was really... That was that was another shift because, again, I'd been working for 10 years very happily. <laughs> like, like, but nobody had really seen anything I'd done outside, right. outside of our industry. And then when I did that, it was like everybody had seen my mm -hmm. work. And... Mm -hmm. Going back to, I was ready for it this time around. You right. know, like uh, I don't think I was ready for it when I was. You were um, so young. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. I think, I think I would have really 
caved into myself. Yeah. And then by the time that rolled around and being a mother and being in a different place. So, so Mad Men came out and then, um, then I had all these beautiful opportunities to do films and work with directors that I'd really wanted to, like it just, everything shifted. And, uh, in that same time, my marriage started to, it it had been falling apart for a while, but it really started to unravel, Mm -hmm. um, in a deeper way. And my father, who was my best friend, came out to be with me while this was all going on. Roman was two at the time. And yeah, I mean, I was getting ready to leave his father and my dad knew it. And so he's like, I'm just going to come out and be with you as you make this decision. Sorry. No. I was 29. <laughs> and it was, very, it was a very hard decision to leave my son's father. You know, I did not make that decision lightly. And I felt like I did everything I could. And there were three questions that I spent a year asking myself. Um, when Roman is, is of consciousness to know that we are uh, divorced because he was too... I, I wanted... I know that the brain starts to fully form by the time they're three. And so I felt like I was in this window of protection of him. And if I really know I'm going to make this decision, like be conscious of the timing for him. You know, and when Roman asks, am I going to be able to say I did everything I could, you know, and this this is going to be the, the better path for all. Uh, if I never met anyone again and I stayed single for the rest of my life, would this be the more honest path for me? And then the third question was like, at the end of my life, you know, when I kind of look back at my life, will I feel totally clean and com- complete with this decision? Once I could say yes to all three of those, then I started to make a move. But I spent years, you know, kind of weighing those options and those questions. And so my father comes out to be with me while I'm making this decision, 29. My son is two. My also like, I'm getting so much joy out of my work and career. Like I'm, I felt like I was really come around from when I was 17, got everything I wanted, but I wasn't like, now I could really enjoy it because right. I worked for it. Right. And I really, I, I had lost it. And I felt like it had come back in this beautiful new form that I was ready for because as a mother, I had something else more important. Like I was like, oh, I'm ready for this in a different, I, I understand my responsibility in this. Like, and also uh, the pitfalls of it and know that like my identity is not attached to it. Like I was like, I feel ready. Right. And also making this decision to leave. And my dad came out and it was Valentine's day, uh, his last day of his trip to be with me. And he was like, let me watch Roman for a little while this morning and you go do your thing. And, and when I got back, he's like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you something. My father's a very deep, as a surfer, yeah. a very deep, very spiritual person and really had been through a lot in his life. Like probably had every childhood trauma a human can have and, you know, lived his life with a tremendous amount of grace and generosity. And mm. so we and were really, really close. And he sat down with me. He was like, Abby, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you something before I leave, meaning the next day on a flight back to Florida to be with my mother, his wife of 34 years and the love of each other's lives. And he said, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that you can't control the way that you feel, but you can control your thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you that. I don't even know why. He was like, I don't even know why, but I just feel like that's something, that's the message coming through to you that I want you to hear before I leave tomorrow. And then he went out for a surf. Like, I was like, I'll stay with Roman. You go out to his favorite surf spot was County Line. It takes like an hour to drive out there Mm -hmm. from Studio City where I was at the time. And he's driving out and he calls me. He's like, it's a knockdown, drag out, beautiful day. Like, let's get Valentine's Day dinner tonight. You know, like have <sighs> have uh, Roman's dad watch him, and you know, let's just have. We haven't been together, and my dad single handedly kept Hallmark in business. I feel like for years, <laughs> like he's a very, very sentimental oh, person. Yeah. Like I would get St. Patrick's Day cards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, get St. Patrick's Day cards. and just clippings. Like he would clip something out and be like, "This just made me think of you," and I get it in the mail and. And he was like that with a lot of people. And um, so he's driving out and I was like, yeah, dad, let's do it. And an hour later, I get another call from him. And I'm, and I, dad, like, don't get out of the water. Like all a surfer wants is to not have to get out of the water. Like yeah. that there's no time limit. Don't get out of the water. You know, like stay as long as you want. Abby, yeah, I'm having a heart attack. What? I'm having a heart attack. I need you to call 911. <laughs> Your sweet faces. <laughs> um, call nine one one. Tell them I'm at County Line, and I love you. And pray. And he hung up the phone. And five minutes later, he was gone. It was wild. He didn't call my mom. He didn't call my brother. Like he called me, and it made sense because I was close. But um, he died so quickly. He didn't get to call anyone else. And when the fire chief in Malibu found him in the ambulance, he was holding my mother's Valentine's Are Day card to him, me? looking out at his favorite surf spot. Like he he wanted to buy property across from County Line. Like it was his favorite. We would drive by that my oh whole my life. God. And his one of his biggest regrets was that he didn't buy the plot of land that was on sale for fifty thousand dollars. You know, back in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, he should have done my that. My greatest regret of his life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um Oh my God. And 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 he just slipped away. You know, I asked if I was like, was he in any pain? And, he, and they were like, no, as soon as the ambulance arrived, he, he was a little uncomfortable, but he was just holding, looking out at the waves and he had no pre-existing condition. Like this came out of nowhere. 60 oh years old. 60, really young. Really very young, young. Very young. And, 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 and he said as the door opened to put them, he just slipped away. And um, in that time, it was like, I I remember I hung up the phone. My kitchen at the time, this is so like visceral, had these um, Carrera marble honeycomb mm-hmm. <laughs> flooring. And all I remember is like falling to my knees and seeing that mar- that Carrera marble honeycomb floor and just being like, people survive heart attacks. David Letterman just had a quadruple bypass surgery. Like I can just pack a bag and I'm going to go out to wherever He's they're taking him. Okay. He's going to be okay. Like this is like to not catastrophize and... Mm-hmm. I feel so fortunate. Two friends of mine who also had a baby were over at my house within five minutes to watch Roman because Roman was taking the longest nap. It was like he, it was like angels were like, we're keeping him asleep. Six hours nap for Roman. And my friend Andrew Leeds, who brought me the Introducing Lenny Rose project that brought me to Krista Vernoff. Wow. In that moment, texted me, are you okay? Because I'd seen him that morning. I was like, I'm not okay. I don't have a car. My dad has my car. Roman's dad is at work, has the other car. And my dad just called me and said he's having a heart attack and he's at County Line. And I've got, I got to go. And he's like, I'm on my way. And I'm not kidding. Within 10 minutes, he was at my door in his car with my dad's bag packed 
And we were driving down uh, from Studio City Hills, right where the hand car wash is. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So right at the hand car wash. And I got a call um, right as we were pulling up to Ventura. And, um, and I, and I got the news, you know, that, that he was dead. And, and I don't remember what happened in that moment. All of a sudden I was outside the car on the sidewalk next to the hand car wash screaming and like, um, like, I was like, oh, now I understand when I watch the news and, and yes. women lo- losing their children in war and like, I was screaming so gutturally and so like, uh, it was animal, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. it was an animal and I'm just screaming and, and on the ground. And again, it's like, I'm on the floor and I see the cement and I just look up and I see the hand car wash, big hand and Andrew Leeds just standing there holding space, just like, you know, giving, giving me sp- space while I just like screamed. And then we got back in the car he was in Ventura at the hospital and can you drive me to Ventura? I have to go, you know, I have to go identify him. <laughs> and so then Andrew Leeds takes me on the long drive during rush hour traffic on the 101. <sighs> and then I'm like, I'm in the car and I'm like, oh, I've got to, I got to call my mom. Yeah. Fuck. And I got to call my brothers and I got to call his, um, my dad was the oldest of nine of a blended family. Oh my God. I got to call his mother my grandmother. So it was like, it was like I went into action and it was, um, so I called my uncle first, my uncle JB, who manages all of our, and, and runs all of the surf shops and was my dad's best friend. I lived five minutes from my mom and I was like, okay, where are you and Aunt Midgey? Can you go get in the car? And they're like, why? I said, you need to get in the car and you start driving to my mother's house and call me when you're in the car. So they did. And they're like, what's going on? I said, I need you to, I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to believe me but I'm. it's true, and I'm just going to tell you what I'm about to say. You are not going to believe it, but you keep driving to my mother's house because she's going to kill herself when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. And so, and it's, they're like, okay. So I'm like, uh, dad's dead. And they're like, what? You know, it's not like dad's sick or he got an accident. It's like, yeah. da- dad's dead. Yeah. And I need you to hear that. And I need you to get inside the house because then I'm going to call my mom and I need you to hold her and make sure she doesn't kill herself. And I mean, it's just so much. So then we had to do that. And then telling my mom, and it was exactly as I had predicted, like, you're lying. Like, you're a liar. Like, why are you doing this? You know? And then calling my brothers because I didn't want, you know, I knew things would probably start to get out. So I had to call my older brother and my little brother was in Hawaii. Um, He was on the surf tour. Call him, call them, get my brother from Hawaii, like get him on a plane to LA to be with me. And then just starting to make the calls because my dad and was a, is a pillar in, in my community and what it was going to do to the surf shops, to the family, to the, to the, you know, and just started to make these calls kind of one by one. And I remember Leed saying, he was like, it was like you had a plan. <laughs> it was like, it was like you had been preparing for this yeah. moment. And I mean, but it, and there's no way to, but it was my greatest fear. My greatest fear growing up was my dad dying. It was my, and so then it's like, and now it's happening. And it was interesting too, because I was like, well, I think I'm going to have to pause on, pause on the separation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like right, the, like right. then it was like, I was moving out in two days. Oh, <gasps> oh my so God. So I was like, pause on, pause on that. Uh-huh. Called my friend, 
my father has just died. I'm not moving into, like I was about to, I was going into action and they say, don't make any decisions for the first six months after you have a a big loss, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I put a pin in everything and um, I am very grateful to my son's father because he was very helpful during that time. And, and I will always be grateful for that. Just that long drive to Ventura and, and then the doctor was a surfer who knew who my dad was. And like, I remember showing up at the hospital and like just walking through like the darkness and this like lone figure was outside waiting for me and with his surgical cap and and, uh, scrubs and, and he just started, he just broke down crying. I mean, couldn't help it. He was like, your dad was my favorite surfer. I have a Yancey Spencer surfboard. So I'm holding the doctor. (laughs) Oh my God. Holding, holding him and. You know, and they didn't want me to see him. They're like, you know, because he's like this sports figure and like, remember him as he was and you don't want to see him this way. And I said, how dare you keep me from the fullness of life? Like, how I am seeing my dad. You are not going to keep me from any of this. Like, you know, the fullness of this experience is all of it. And, you know, it was it was a negotiation. Also, Roman's dad was there by, by that time too. And he didn't, like, nobody wanted me in there. And I was like, Absolutely not. And so when I walked in and I saw him, you know, and speaking of, like, I feel like soul is a big theme in this conversation is like, I really saw that our souls are different than our body. I was like, oh, he's, he's at, his body is at rest. His soul is no longer. And I really felt, I really, I, I knew that delineation, like this is his body, but the, his soul. And, and, and then, and then I went on a whole other journey with that. Like yeah. it was wild to be like that first 10 years was like my soul protecting. What is this? And then to go on to start to learn about grief then and, what? and then, and then what, and then how do you connect with a soul? And it was not right away, by the way, like I was, it really rattled my faith in everything at, at that moment. And so I went on a really deep journey around that and, and also was working and separating and, go, and then going through a divorce. And yeah, it was, it was and, and about two years in, I would say like something happened because what I did is I threw myself into work so completely because mm-hmm. it was a space to feel. It was celebrated. Like I could put all of it there. in the scenes and camp between action and cut. Like it was, I felt... You guys are so sweet, by the way. Can't oh, stop crying. No, but you're just <laughs> such empathic listeners, and I really appreciate it. Like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate but it. But also, like, and I'm sure looking back now on how he went at his favorite surf spot <laughs> and, like, with the veil, it's just so poetic and, like, beautiful Yeah, in that regard. I mean, it's, the whole thing, I just, it's, she lost her dad, mm. too, young. Mm. And prob- I mean, yeah, I mean, much younger, but... Mm. How, how old were you? I was 15. Mm. But it was also unexpected. <laughs> so it is, I really relate to those moments where you're like, oh, this is what I've seen on the news. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I've seen in movies. This is what yeah. I've seen. But then when it happens to you, that utter animal shock, crazy experience changes every fiber of your being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forever. It, it's... It It is, uh, yeah, it's been, and I'm curious, you know, your journey with this, but like it really moved me into a, a place of hypervigilance of like, um, I, I really 
like of, of high anxiety, hypervigilance. Like I couldn't hear the phone ring for because he called me like mm-hmm. just like any or uh, managing my catastrophizing of like, if I don't hear from someone for right. a long time, oh, like sure. to, to check in and like, you know, people getting home safe, like the anxiety, the anxiety, yeah. like I dipped into, I went toward anxiety and hypervigilance. And mm-hmm. then what happened to me, because I threw myself into work so completely about two years after this happened, um, two years after my dad died, I couldn't get out of bed one day. Like I physically couldn't get out of bed. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And I was in a relationship, a new relationship at the time that I loved. My son is four by this time. I'm loving my career at the moment. And I couldn't get out of bed one day. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm about to throw all this away. Like I'm about mm-hmm. to throw this relationship away. My relationship with my child. Like I just was like, I could feel myself teetering and just happened. Um, a woman named Deb Sparrow, who's a producer in our industry, she had experienced great sudden loss. And I just happened to see her that week for dinner, like made myself over. And she told me, she was like, oh, it's grief. Like you have grief trapped in your body. And she went to a grief recovery workshop and she got me. I mean, by that weekend I was in the, and, and it really radically, it set me on a new journey of healing and like dealing with grief. And because again, I, I just, I didn't, you didn't other know. than Christopher enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't really know anyone that had been, through this and and so thank god for krista that but but like i didn't know what was happening to me and and i guess by i was 31 so i'm like 10 years into that like grief recovery and and part of that recovery has been working with florals too wow because my grandmother was a florist my my grandmother very sadly died a year after my father died too oh. like i had so much his loss mother? his mother she was very young to, she, she died of a broken heart like oh. she went to bed one night there's nothing and But she was in such grief and just really trying to understand this, like this energy that we all feel that we didn't have language for and, um, and thank God for having creativity in my life, but also being able to create something out of it. And, you know, what is this unspoken thing? And it's not, you know, meeting this teacher who brought Carl Jung into my life Mm -hmm. and the subconscious and like, you know, being able to communicate with. Uh, with spirit in a different yep. way. And it was really interesting. But my grandmother was a florist and she did events. And so I was around it all the time, but kind of like, it was always like very, like in my periphery, you know, she was doing flowers and events all the time. And my dad was surfing. And I, and also I feel like I really got into the business of gratitude because the day that my dad died, the next day it was just flowers, flowers, flowers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, flowers were meeting me in my greatest grief. And they also meet us in our greatest joy. Like, you know, what's, Mm. so this kind of the expansiveness of that. So it was, and I think just in this bananas industry, like I was sending a lot of flowers too, like saying a lot of thank you, you know, because I just feel like this is, it's not a job, it's a life. (laughs) Yeah. And people are always doing just such like going above and beyond and strange and miraculous ways. And so I was getting really into flowers during this time as well in a, in a new way that I just hadn't experienced and, um, and, and kept wanting, like something just kept following me around, like my dad wanting to honor his life and his death and county line and my grandmother, like it it just kept following flower, like, and, and so much so that like, uh, when I was cast on Rectify, my character went to this bar called the County Line. Oh, wow. And like the creator didn't, like it was like, where I'd be in a show and a song, County Line would come on. And I was like, 
Okay. You yeah, know, once yeah, yeah. you like, you're like, yeah, I'm listening. All the signs. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. So I just kept listening and kept sending flowers. And, <laughs> um, and then at the end of 2019, I just kept, I was like, what is this other thing that I, that I got to do with this, all this stuff? Cause I also, I mean, this is actually probably the first time I'm really talking about it. Like County Line gave me the opportunity because I didn't talk, because I didn't feel like it was appropriate to go on a press tour for a, a movie or a job and be like, let me tell you about when my dad died. Um, you know, yeah. like it's, it just feels so, but it was kind of, that was what was going on in my life yeah. too. And so I, I kept it very private and I, you know, all the, all the things that I was going through. And um, so then I was, I uh, started doing these like flower showers on set, like kind of surprising different crew, like departments, like, hey, makeup and hair. It's flower day. Yeah. <laughs> you get showered by, and like thirty bouquets would come in, and I've always been looking for creative ways to to thank the crew, um, and then culminated in a, a local flower company. I had ordered a, a truck from them as like the crew gift to come and make flowers for all two hundred crew members, and it was glorious. Oh. And the next day, this was this was kind of the 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 moment. Um, the next day, all these you know like stoic, sweaty. <laughs> crew guys who never spoke to me. Also, I was playing a character that was very unapproachable at the time. Too. <laughs> I see him and I'm like, you have never looked in my direction. You're like walking up to me. And they came up to me like tears in their eyes. Uh, uh, that was the best crew gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> you saved my marriage. It was my anniversary. And I got to bring flowers <laughs> oh home God. to my wife because I had forgotten. I'd forgotten that like it was my anniversary. And, and what they kept saying is my family could enjoy it. I brought it home and I looked at it like, this the it it went on beyond Living, just the yeah. moment, life yeah. of its own, and I it just affected me so deeply. And I, I turned to my assistant at the time. And I was like, County Line Florals. That's what it is. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna find an old surf truck and see if I can turn it like elevate it and Amazing. turn it in, turn it into a mobile flower shop. So incredible. Call my friends in LA and be like, hey. You could bring the ice cream truck or the crepe truck, but or, or you could bring the flower truck. You know, yeah. like just another option to kind of throw in the mix. That was it. And call it County Line Florals. Like I got the Instagram and I like, I had an idea of the logo. A friend of mine did the home state logo. Uh-huh. Home state yeah, yeah. Yes. So talented. We, we know it too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't know it too well. Yeah. Um, there every day. And, uh, and so I reached out to her and I just kind of started putting it together in my, my mind and, and, you know, creating a path and uh, working with flowers. And and so I, I bought the truck, put her in the shop and uh, started to put all this together. And then March 2020 rolled around and, oh, and all of a sudden geez. we're in a pandemic. Right. And again, the stillness, like all my productions went dark. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I... You know, everyone is have. you know, we're still on this journey with the pandemic. But at the time, you know, from Mad Men to that moment, I had on, kind of what I said earlier, only been leaving town to work. Like I had been sitting by the phone for 10 years, like, tell me to go anywhere. Don't want to go anywhere and only going places mm-hmm. after. And my son, you know, I'd be flying back and forth. Like I was doing a show in Vancouver and I'd work all night. You know, I'd work all night, Friday night, get on uh, the earliest flight, like the 6 a.m. flight Saturday morning, fly to see an hour of his baseball game, sleep as much as I could turn around. Because if it wasn't my weekend, I couldn't see. Like, it, that was a whole thing too. Oof. Like, so, you know, fly to see him and then 
sleep and then fly back Sunday night and be on set 5 a.m. Yeah. And I did that for eight months and it really almost killed me. But I was just like, I was burnt out. I was mm-hmm. so burnt out. And I, and I needed, I just need, I needed a break and I needed to be with my son. And so like this, this forced stillness breeded this other creativity in my life. I just started working with flowers in my backyard and, you know, knowing uh, the floral industry was one of the first ones to come back. So I guess it was like April, May. And so I started going to the flower mart. I started calling friends. Like I had people that I knew that connected me with other people, calling all my out at work actor friends. Hey, what are you doing today? Want to make some money? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, and just seeing like, how many bouquets can we make in a day? Like, how do we design? Like, um, what do I like? You know, what are we trying to, how do you do this? And met some incredible people that are still on my team now. Like my head of florals came my very first day that I invited people over to Mm. make stuff in my backyard. And um, it was just a wild time. So once a week, we would like the first time we sent out 35 bouquets because I knew everyone was home. So I just send them to my friends and they'd be like, what is this? And and then the second time we sent out 50 bouquets and just to see if we could. And by the end of that second delivery, which was probably May of 2020, I was like, I had a business. And because everyone was like, so I want to order rad. these. How do we order these? And I was like, um, uh, like, let me, like, I felt <laughs> like a Zoolander member and they're like, yeah. it's in the computer. You know, yeah. like, that's like, let me see how to write up an order. Yeah. And, um, you know, and how to take my assistant at the time, Stephanie, really helped so much. Like, uh, just and my friends, like, just come and I was like, what shop my friends owned businesses? And they're like, how do you start a business? And they're like, you have to get a Shopify. I'm like, what Shopify? <laughs> like, yeah. like just, I, I feel like people just came along. And so we just started to get organized. And then uh, then the truck came out of the shop. Her name is Betty. Oh, Betty was, of course, it's Betty. And this is wild, too. So... I wanted to name the truck after my dad. And it was two options. His name's Yancey or his nickname was Duke. So like, it was like either the Duke or Yancey, but I was like, I feel strange at having a masculine name. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like it's a very masculine truck, but this is a very feminine business. Right. And I also had uh, migrated up to Ojai during this time. That's kind of where I spent my, a lot of my pandemic was I found a haven in Ojai. Nice. And I built, I built County Line out of Ojai at the beginning. It's a good place to build it. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean. it, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It really met me in that time and ended up staying there for three, like just, I actually just ended up, uh, I'm not there at the moment because my, where my son's going to high school. And so uh, Betty gets out of the shop and I, I found the designers of all the Buck Mason retail stores and Buck Mason did a school bus mobile retail experience yeah, and I okay. wanted to find those designers. Uh-huh. So I found them ends up they're from Florida. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> like Florida. Um, their names are Alex and Corey, Maneuver Works. And I just like got in touch with them. I was, oh, it was my neighbor. My neighbor, um, Annie, she recommended them to me. And it was just weird. I just started asking people like, yeah. and they were like, sure, we'll do it. And got the truck to them. They put it together in a week. And because it happened to be Father's Day. So now we're in June. And I said, you know, I just think it'd be really cool to take Betty out for the first time on Father's Day, you know, and they were like, done. So we took Betty out for the first time on Father's Day, which wasn't planned, you know, it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. like it'd be so nice, but it, it just, so here I, I I get Betty in January. I think I'm going to call her another name. She goes in the shop pandemic. She gets out just in time. They get their hands on her just in time. And 
the name actually came up during that week because I kept looking at her and I was like, hey, Betty. I just kept saying, hey, Betty, every time I saw yeah. the truck. And then Betty is a surf term for a beautiful woman from the 60s. I mean, That's right. sorry, a 60s surf term for a beautiful woman. Yeah, <laughs> she's a Betty. <laughs> she's such sure. a Betty. She's yeah, such yeah. a Betty. So that's how her name transpired. That's so awesome. And I want to see Betty. I, yeah. I want to oh see God, Betty so too. And like, can does she go places? Like, do people rent her she for parties? She doesn't get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day. Yeah. <laughs> does she go to she's like... a supermodel, yeah. <laughs> does she go to like weddings? Like, yeah. where does she go? Yeah. Yeah. So our first, it was, you know, so, so it was this first summer of the pandemic where we could kind of socially gather outside. So what we started doing is I would just take her out every... Saturday or on the weekends, like Tara, oh, hi, go to Montecito, just like show up and see what happened. And we weren't even really selling, flat. like it was just like, I don't <laughs> you know, like it was like just to bring joy in the middle of, of mm-hmm. what was going on and just taking her around. Then we get invited somewhere the next weekend and then we go to Abikini and then my friend downtown. And it was just like word got out. And so through that summer, just started taking her out every weekend to see how do you do this? Like, how yeah. do you, and who, how many people does it take? Cause I couldn't drive, she's manual and I don't, I don't, I don't drive <laughs> stick. So it's like, I couldn't drive her, but like running her and also we had masks the whole time. Right. Yeah. So nobody knew it was me. And I'm having these amazing conversations with people because like whole gangs of motorcycle dudes would pull over. Oh my God, I like a truck. I want flowers. <laughs> you know, like it was so cool. And then I would have these really deep conversations with people about their loss because they're like, where's County Line? And 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 sometimes people will come up and be like, oh my gosh, can I take a photo? And I was like, how do they know it's me? <laughs> like, yeah. I have mask. And, and so I'd be like, yeah, of course. And I'd stand there. And I'd be like, no, can you get out of the way? So like, I can take a photo. <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. And, and, I lo- and I loved it. Like, it was food for my soul. Yeah. I needed, mm-hmm. it was such a hard because of doing everything. I was in the best shape of my life, by the way. Flowers are hard. In the, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like going surfing. It yeah. kind of became my version of surfing because you get up, you got to, you got to see what's out there. You got to catch the way, get everything, like come back in. It's, and, and then put everything together. It's very, very physical. And then like getting Betty out was so physical. And so to answer your question, we, we did, we started getting, you know, invitations to show up places. And then we did a wedding in Joshua Tree. My friend was getting married and and I was like, you know, no, there's no pressure, but if you want Betty for the wedding, let me know. She's like, oh my gosh. Like, yes. So our first, I love our, that she's Betty. I know. <laughs> it's so cute. It's very cute. And so we took Betty out to Joshua Tree. She did her first wedding and me and one of my incredible, flore- we're called floristas. I say we're not florists, we're floristas. Love it. We're making the daily brew. Like we're trying to find something that is elevated but that. daily. Mm-hmm. Like you're, because you, and when I've traveled for work, I've I found my brunch place, I found my coffee place, found yeah. my wine, I, but I could never find my flower place. Mm-hmm. And so it was something too. Again, I created this for for myself because I wanted I wanted it right. And um, so we took Betty out there. So Sally, who's one of my lead floristas, and she's an incredible artist. Like been with me since the beginning and still does. So yes. And now we do weddings. Like now we just did a wedding this weekend at Calamigos Ranch and Betty was there. there so much. Flower crown workshops. And I have a team and we opened a store in Playa Vista. My friends, Ran and Lindsay Parton invited us to Free Market, which is this retail collective that they've been creating across. They have one in Colorado, opened one in Playa Vista. They had one downtown and just opened one in Northern California. And it's just been invitations, word of mouth. And it's so wild. The day that I started it, I started seeing a hummingbird every mm. single day. 
And it was my dad. Like, I really feel it was my dad. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you, do you I see? Have a, I have a hummingbird thing too. Yeah. 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 It's, and so the day you opened you. The, every single day. And I was like, okay, keep going. Like, yeah. Because I, I didn't, I, I, this, is, this is a very heart-centered project. Like it's not, um, it's not, it's not in the ego. It's not like I want to create a thing to get the thing. It's like it was birthed mm-hmm. through you. It's something I feel like I have to take care of, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and like, you know, like birthing my son, it's like I am responsible for this life blooming. And, and that's how I feel. I feel like I'm the caretaker of it more than this is mine. And, yeah. Um, and, and also like constantly reevaluating, renegotiating that relationship. And I mean, that's two years from when we took Betty out and we're a little over a year from when we opened the store and now we're doing weddings, events, like Betty does them, but we also do them without Betty. Betty like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it's like now, okay, so what, what do we want this to be? Right. Like, yeah. cause we're going to be opening up a second location on Larchmont too. Good for and, you. Ooh, that's wild. amazing. That's it's wild. so crazy. That's so I still don't have a cool. business plan. Like I'm like, maybe it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they were the most gorgeous flowers ever. I mean, I mean, if you want to, I happily bring things over here and we can just make stuff together. Oh God, that just, sounds like, so, I like was going to say we should definitely do something with that. I love that. So, Absolutely. I it's mean, healing. It, it is. is. I love that's just like, there's something to it, right? It's just like this outlet of, Put it, I don't know, it speaks to my Virgo brain like massively, mm, but mm. also just so beautiful, you know? It, it is. And it's, I will say, because I was doing that every day during the pandemic, it was so healing. And also it, it started to bring up some things, some residual uh, grief that mm-hmm. I hadn't yeah. really looked at since my dad died. And thank God I had that modality and that healing space because the end of every day I had all these flowers at the house. And even if no one was over, it was just like, that's what I do in the backyard is like, you know, just pour a glass of wine and just be, because no one could come over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Roman would be inside. And um, and I will say it was really, really lovely and really therapeutic. Very sure. therapeutic. That first year was totally unexpected. And I will say like, you know, that lesson to me of just allowing versus controlling because mm-hmm. I'm not in control of this. And right. so I'm so, I'm so grateful for that reminder. And and it's still going. Like we're in the middle of this. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we're alive. Yeah. As long as we're alive, it's still going, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it sounds to me like you have had an incredible journey with yourself. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful thing that something that you could actually give back came from your dad. It, 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 it I mean, I say thank you all the time. I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think for me too, kind of being an actor and being the product, right? Mm -hmm. Like I always had a very divided relationship clearly (laughs) with being the product. And what it has given me is to say like, look over here, I made this. Look over here. Instead of like, look at me, look at the thing. I'm the pro, you know, like it's like I can say I made that look over there. And yeah. I really needed that in my life. Like I, re- and I need something with my hands to, mm-hmm. to make with my hands. And mm-hmm. so it has given me, it's it's given me a lot of a lot of that. And and now I will say, like I have a team that is really running the show. Yeah, now, sure. Like, because yeah. I'm still acting and yeah, mother of a fourteen year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, fourteen year old boy. Ooh. How's that? You, how old are your kids? Six and three and a half. Six and three. Oh no, seven. Sorry, seven. Yeah. 
Very important. Very important. He just turned seven. <laughs> just turned seven. Yeah. yeah. Two boys. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have a girl? Yeah. Oh. She's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just about to be eight. Yeah. She's nine. I mean, I'm there's something, terrified of the teenage years. It, and it is like every time you kind of feel like you worked something out in a season, it all changes again. Mm. Right. That's how I feel anyway. And how do you feel about, do you feel like you've let that grief move through you? Mm. Yeah, as much as it wants to to this moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel very aware that, like, when, when great abundance comes in or, like, real wonder and magic and, like, really good things, part of my work has not been to look to find the way to untrust it or the other, sh- or the phone call to come in. Oh, yeah. That's that's a lot of, that's that's my... That's your work. That's my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I always talk about this with my husband because... He grew up with two parents that were married mm-hmm. and his body doesn't know trauma. He mm-hmm. never went through trauma. Mm-hmm. And he'd always look at me like, why do you think the worst possible thing is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I've explained to him, because when the worst possible thing has happened to you, you know on such a level that bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And so it totally changes the way you look at life. Mm-hmm. right? Like where someone who hasn't experienced trauma isn't waiting for that call because they're like, that call doesn't come. Like mm-hmm. just right. keep doing life, you know? But the people who have had the call don't know how to forget that that call comes in. Yeah. So kind of like I would say, like along with, you know, County Line and the floral piece of it, I got really serious about my work around that. And mm-hmm. I, I I can't kind of speak to where I'm at now without saying like the tremendous amount of support that I have. Right. Yeah. Like I started with that grief, you know, the the grief weekend, which was in Sherman Oaks. It was on Woodman. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the, the Grief Recovery Center. It's no longer there. But oh, like okay. it was, it was like, this is know, just I'm on like, Woodman? Yeah. <laughs> like I need Woodman. to go? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're no longer there, but... um you know, and then along with Krista Vernoff, who has been such a loving, safe mm-hmm. space, professionally, personally, all the things. And I think anyone who knows her and works with her feels that way about her. I started to expand that. Like, it was like the widening of community I'm, for my 40th birthday, I because I felt it again. Um, I, last year was kind of, since my dad died, the worst year of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like it couldn't have gotten any worse. And then I went through, I was like, what is happening? Like I thought I, I was I, done with this. I thought I was done. I yeah. got the worst possible. And and I'm very resilient too. Like I will say yeah. one of my qualities that I appreciate about myself is I'm very resilient. I'm very willing to move towards growth instead of collapsing into my feelings. Mm-hmm. Because my dad said, I can't control my feelings. Mm-hmm. That's I can, right. I can control. And, and also I, I feel like, and now I'm seeing it. Like my dad died, but the fruit of that is now I've created, you know, County line came through that, right? So right. now I can see that the it's the long game, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that there we're on this long journey, and the thing you don't know what's going to happen. Never. So, so don't write the end of the story before you know before right. living it. So it's like the return to the present. But I went through a really really tough time last year, and what I say is my energy is going sideways. Like when I'm having a trauma response, mm-hmm. or when I go in a trauma response, my energy goes sideways, and my response is outsized to the thing that's happening. And yeah. I and I have a lot of awareness around it now. Yeah. So 
and I've, I've been in therapy. I mean, like after my dad died, I spent my thirties really working with wonderful therapists and, and still working with my Jungian, you know, dream acting teacher. And she's been an incredible. Sounds part of that. really cool. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's the coolest because it's also for anything you want to create. It's for being a human being. Yeah. Because right? yeah. being a human being is fucking hard. Isn't it? <laughs> no Life is relentless. It's <laughs> relentless. Yes. I know. Just it's relentless. coming. It's I mean, like I surfing. Talking, I, I was talking to my friend yesterday yeah. and I was like, like, it's hard being a human. It, it really is. is. This is so hard. It's being a so human. Hard. You know what though? You're doing a really good job. Yeah. You really are. Thank you're you. facing it. You're looking you at it. You're saying, what's being asked to me? What's mm-hmm. next? But Where I do I know grow? How, how's your mom? Mm. Oh, Rachel. Mm. I know. I'm thinking, you know, mm. like, how is she on the journey? You know, you're a decade, over a decade, right? No? Yeah. I mean, he was a tough act to follow, you know, um, 7,000 people came to my dad's funeral. Holy shit. And we had a traditional surf paddle out for it. So like there was the traditional funeral uh, non-paddle out part of it where like 2,000 people were at. And then 5,000 more came to the beach to do the paddle out. Wow. And I say that because he was a very shy person, but a very thoughtful person, like the St. Patrick's Day and the notes and the thing. So he had touched a lot of people's life, even though you're like, you can barely hear him talk. <laughs> like, he's so shy, you know? Like, it was, that was always what was so funny. But he was very thoughtful and very, um, very generous. And at his funeral, we actually learned how much he gave to people because he gave anonymously. My uncle's a pastor, and so he would give a lot through the church. And at his funeral, my uncle started telling people. Started outing him. Hey, remember the braces that were gifted to your daughter from the anonymous? That was Yancey. Hey, the top tier Jeep that was broke. That was Yancey. Hey, you know, so all these people. So it was like, and we didn't even know. Like my mom didn't even know about a lot of things because he had this real thing of if you, if people know that you're giving, is it really giving? You know, like, is it really pure? So he had um, some things around that. But so I say all that because everyone grieves differently and she's really... She's still really in it. You know, she was just out here and um, I was really grateful and she's so good with my son. She's so good and she's so creative and like so talented and industrious and she made all my clothes growing up too. Like she's <laughs> the real talent in the family. And But the ripple effects of, of the loss have been tremendous and we've all grieved in different ways. Like I really do feel like my dad was the glue of our family and we've kind of been at sea, you know, mm. kind of each like... We, we kind of drifted out at sea and we, and we bump into each other. And, and, and I think my approach was like, I'm going after this. Like I'm going after this healing. Like I do not want to stay yeah. stuck mm-hmm. in this and I want to do something with it. And that's been my version of it. And my mom has been, you know, there's a real, it's, he's, she also still lives in the same house that mm-hmm. we, you know, grew up in and same town. And so, it's, it's so, yeah, it's really, it's really it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I think she prefers it that way because then he's still, he's still close. Yeah. Yeah. He's still close. Doesn't and, have to like fully act, like let go in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone does it different. Yeah. I mean, I have an aunt who, when my uncle passed, gosh, it's been probably like 12 years mm-hmm. or something. And the quest will be like, are you going to date again? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, just like she's good with her life the way it is. Mm. 
in the sense of keeping him close, mm-hmm. even though he's gone. Yeah. And I look at that and I'm like, you do you. Like whatever brings you comfort at the end of the day, whether it's moving on or staying in it, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And what I have learned is that there are a lot of places that can help, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And, and that's what I really needed. Like kind of this really crazy year that I had in my energy going sideways. I was like, I have to get more help. Like mm-hmm. kind of like, what do you do with the trauma mm-hmm. response? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because I felt like I really worked through a lot of, you know, I'm really integrated and then something will happen. And I'm like, oh, I, I now it's time to go deeper. And so for my 40th birthday, I, I took myself to a place called Onsite, which is an mm-hmm. emotional wellness recovery treatment center, beautiful 250 acres east of Where, Nashville. Oh, east of, oh. Yeah. And let's book it. I know. I'm like, so what is this? I'm <laughs> so doing so it now. I did it. My yeah. friend Miles Adcox, it, he is the owner, runs it. And what was interesting, I met him years ago and I started sending people there. Yeah. Because if someone has a parent die, if someone's going through a divorce, if someone has a child, I, I, you know, and I, I feel really fortunate. Like I'm an early call because I've been through a lot of it and been doing it for a long yeah, time. Absolutely. So, and I love being moving into a place of support for people, like being able to hold space and, I'm very comfortable in loss. And I and I don't mean that um, I can do it. I just, I'm very at ease with mm-hmm. grief and with the fullness of life. And I don't feel like I have to fix it or apologize for it. It's, it's really just a sitting and a witnessing of it. And that's yeah. what I've noticed is just the ability to hold space for that has been what has healed me and also what I hope I can bring to other people. And I found a lot of that type of support at Onsite because what I've noticed is I needed a place where I could fall apart, like yeah. totally fall apart. And because I feel very responsible in my life, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm normally in a position of responsibility. It's one of my like walks on the planet is to be in great responsibility. And I'm also very comfortable in that space too. And I, I needed to go see what was going on because I'm like, I am... I'm having trauma responses and, and onsite they have group options and then you can also do solo. Mm. So I did two days of just me with a therapist and I went into a five day group and How also cool. it was amazing. Like, and also their modalities I think are so what I'm interested in too. They do mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you get up on your feet and you do work in your body and it's not talk therapy so much. It's really like working and trying to work the trauma through Sounds your body. Amazing. It's, it is mm-hmm. amazing. And and it's such a beautiful, like it's, um, they they call it like the the therapy of hospitality too. Like it's from the moment you arrive, but they take your phones away. They take your computer away. That's great. It, they took we all, all need They that. take all of your, anything that can distract you. Everything gets taken away. For how long? <laughs> well, it depends. Like, you know, like you can five day group or if you do solo, they can, they can cater it go. to what your needs are. Yeah. I'm just like, um, I, I freaking love this stuff. But also turning but, 40 is an interesting time as well. So it's yeah. interesting that your year was like the year, like 40, that transition. And we had gone back in, down into lockdown. Like it was right. like the pandemic had flared back up. Right. And I couldn't have a party. And I was like, Maybe yeah. maybe I'd like 40 more years of joy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe yeah. that's a possibility. And so I called Miles and I said, look, I have this week. It happens to be leading up to my 40th birthday. I can't imagine a better gift to myself than in the gift of healing. Is it possible we could work something out? And he really made it happen, like him and his team. And it was transformative. I felt like there was a plug at the bottom of my tailbone and I had put it into the socket of the sun. 
like mm. that. I felt so energized wow. in That's a incredible. way that I hadn't in years. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was like all this deeper work around my dad. But I really started to look at some other things because when you have a great loss like that, it can kind of overshadow other micro traumas or other relationships mm-hmm. that has for me. That's yeah, kind it could of be the long, low hanging fruit yes. that you can kind of pin it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking yeah. of my mother, I hadn't really looked at my which I had to go do. Yeah. So uh, it, a lot of that opened up. And and also you, you are not allowed to talk about what you do. No one's allowed to ask you. You cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really, I felt really safe. Yeah. And also no last names. Like it was, they really create an environment where, because I was like, do I want to do group therapy? Right. I, don't, I know. Right. When you said that instantly, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I also had the stalker at the time too. Oh, so I was like, I realized I went there and I just didn't feel safe in the world. In right. the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went there and it opened me back up. And then what was interesting is like, then it got even harder after that. But I had more tools and I was more in myself to be able to face it because I can't even imagine kind of getting through the next season of circumstantial things that were happening that I had to be ready for, you know, and I'm so grateful. And I also work with a team, Casey Crown and Jackie Smith, Jackie Leonardini Smith. They're a psychiatrist and an energy healer. And they do these workshops called Well Soul. Mm-hmm. And I went, I mean, again, it's just like these d- things you don't know. Yeah. But I went to a Well Soul workshop, weekend work- workshop in Ohio before I was, that was, like something was pulling me towards Ohio. Yeah. My friend Caroline Dijon had gone. She like told me about it. I was like, I got to go. Went to Wellsoul. It was the week before the pandemic started. <laughs> like, oh, like it was like, so I got to, you know, commune in this space and get some more help and more support right before going into the pandemic. Casey and Jackie have been incredible support. Onsite is incredible support. Going or not, they have a lot of like, online mm-hmm. modalities too, because I always think that's the thing about support or retreats or going somewhere is like, w- what can you do to, because everyone... There's always something there's you can reach out and some, do. And do no matter mm-hmm. the... Co- like That's right. And they're so good about creating things. Because I've done their online courses too. Like during the pandemic, I was just like, I got to yeah, yeah. <laughs> help. And um, Wellsoul Onsite um, have been incredible, incredible for me. I'm a, I'm the biggest fan of support, Mm. (laughs) you know, like without it, I don't know how people do it. It really does take a village and I'm so glad you're willing to be open and honest about that because I think sometimes people really Mm -hmm. hold themselves back from getting what they need Mm. out of judgment, fear. And I think the more people talk about it openly, the more permission it gives other people to heal. I appreciate that feedback because <laughs> I noticed because I'm just turning 41. I I am pretty private. Like this is kind of mm-hmm. the first time that I've started talking about it. And for my birthday, I was like, I don't think I can post any more wanderlust. <laughs> like, you know, I'm on social media and I have, again, it's like, what what is this, you know, from a soul perspective? What is this in my life? I do feel like it's a part of business. And now the county line and yeah, being an actor sure. promote it, like, um, I'm in it. And, yeah. but something, I was just like, I don't think I can not talk about this. And so I talked about onsite on my 40th and then for my 41st, I decided to write something more personal Yeah, and show it to my son first, who, who, who mm-hmm. it was like, if you're not comfortable with me posting this, like, because it, it brings him into it mm-hmm. as well. And he had notes for me. <laughs> <laughs> Feedback. 
And I, I was just like, I feel like I need to say, and also for the people closest to me, um, I wish I could just, I can feel all of their energy right now. Like I have such a great beyond Krista, <laughs> but like there's, I have Nina, Miguel, like I have so many women in particular in my life, so much support who have come in and really walked beside me. Mm-hmm. My friend Vienna, who I, I'd say is mindful MFT, like is a marriage and family therapist, one of my best friends. Like I, I'm so lucky that I found these group of yeah, really support solid, system very is so solid, so, so solid, so that when these things to walk beside me and also hold me accountable to, you know, through, yeah. through these things. And but I was like, I don't think I can not speak to this because that is what has really been going on. And it almost felt it's like disrespectful truth. to the yeah, people. Right. And so I, it was very interesting. It was kind of, I spoke about it. And and I also like, like nobody reads this. <laughs> nobody will read this. Like, I always think that like, nobody will read this and showed it to my son. I posted it. And then I was coming back from Europe. I was on a 10 hour flight. And, and when I got off the plane, I had, it really, it was wild. Like I was like, oh, oh, interesting. You know, people yeah. really... It, it opened me up to talk about it because I am very private. I mm-hmm. have a child, and, you know, I have a personal life that I'm really interested in protecting. And I think I've always wanted to create some distance from me and my characters as well. And, but something is shifting. And I think County Line too, it is my story. I can't, I feel like, I feel like a liar not talking about mm-hmm. it because this is actually my life. Like this is the thing that I'm doing every day. And, um, and I'm still like kind of coming into more integration around that and speaking to it and, and also just like, uh, and just incredibly private person. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, it's an yeah. opportunity because what's the point of this life, right? Like if you can't, for me personally, mm-hmm. everything I've been through in my life, if it's not for someone else, then mm-hmm. what is it for? Mm-hmm. Right. If it's not to help people, if it's not to add a slice of comfort in someone's life or to help them see something, then it was all for nothing, mm. right? I love hearing that. I feel like I need to hear that more and more encouragement around that because I'm, and I'm curious how you feel about this as an actor. I, I struggle with not wanting it to feel like uh, it's just about me. And I don't know if that's like just my actor brain story mm-hmm. of like, if I say anything, will people see the message or will they just feel like it's more energy back toward me? And that again is like being the product, right? right? I'm, I'm, yeah, how no, do you feel about this? God, you know, it's really interesting because, you you know, you keep talking about your privacy and mm-hmm. like being open and then what's going to come from that. What are people going to think of that? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've always been super private as well. And like now doing like even this, this podcast, right? And you're opening yourself up and you're saying things and you're telling stories that are so open. <laughs> but I think part of that coming into your 40s and just kind of owning it and like, wait a minute, I'm 41 years old. I have lived a lot of life. And if I can share anything, even if it's excruciating or Mm. even if it's, you know, uncomfortable, if I can share any of this and it can reach anybody and it's relatable, aren't we in a position to do that? Mm. You know? It's hard. When when did that shift for you where you started to open up to that? I think after being like gone through real trauma in my mm. life, um, it opens you up in a different way. There's like a deeper thing inside you that's been ripped open. Mm. And you're like, oh, fuck, I have to deal with real shit. Mm. You know, 
things were kind of easy for a long time. And I had didn't have to really look at things or how to cope or how to survive. Mm. And having gone through those things and being like, oh, you can survive an- anything. Like, you're always okay. Mm. You're always gonna be okay. But you have to go through the things and there's some people that can't see the other end of it. But being on the other side of things, you're like, okay, if I can share anything, and I'm not saying it's from an ego standpoint or from, hey, this is how you do this or whatever, but even just being open and transparent and whether it's like a mom thing, a family thing, a relationship thing, but just being relatable and having accessibility to your own pain and your own coping mechanisms, I think it's a gift. That's so beautiful. I mean, what I'm hearing is like just helping people feel less alone. Right. And and, and their and and holding space, right? Yeah, like that's for sure. And that's what I love to do privately. I just I have I don't <laughs> have a lot of experience doing it more publicly. It's, yeah, it, and it is hard. It's super yeah. challenging and I still struggle with it. And mm-hmm. I'll go back and be like, uh, do I really want to share that? Right, like, right, do right, I want right. to keep you know, I mean, that's beautiful to create something yourself because then it can be on your own Right, terms. it's on my terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not what's written about you or, mm-hmm. you know, what people assume because there's a lot of judgment and all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I have a platform where I can share what I want to share in a way I want to share it. Mm-hmm. So, But it's also it's it, like one of my favorite Marianne Williamson quotes is she said, you know, she when she was going to start teaching Course in Miracles and she got that voice in her head that said, who am I to do this? Mm-hmm. And then the voice came back and I'm botching this, but basically who are you not to? Mm -hmm. And in this life, I believe our challenges are our gifts and it is the ego that will come in and say, oh, well then you're making it all about you. Mm -hmm. That's only the ego because your soul is never going to speak to you that way Mm. ever. Mm. Right. But it's also no, my favorite quote is, it's none of your business what other people think of you. My mom would always say that to yeah. me. And that's a little bit of it too, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, the, the, yeah, the ego will come in and say, oh, yeah. you're, you're, it's for attention or you're making it about you. But that to me is the difference between the soul and the ego is the soul will always be loving, will mm-hmm. always be kind, and will always be growth oriented. And mm-hmm. the ego will always be contraction mm-hmm. to keep you small, to keep you comfortable and to keep you safe. Right. And when you do share yourself in the way you're doing, I guarantee you my life, someone will, Mm -hmm. if they don't reach out to you, they're going to reach out to me or Rachel and say, I felt understood today when they listened. Please thank Abigail for sharing. Like it's, it's really is a gift to be able Mm -hmm. to talk about the things that a lot of people can't. Yeah. Well, you guys created the space. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, I'm really, I'm in this moment. I feel like I'm in this moment of decision around this because like, I was talking to my friend and I was like, it's a rebrand. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I have this new show and we just got picked up and it's a comedy. Thank you. And, you know, it, and it's nothing I've ever done before. It's not what I'm known for. Well, it's stuff that I've, I do. I mean, it's, but I'm not. You're like, I'm really. Funny. Right. <laughs> I, I'm hilarious. Like I, I feel I've, I've always wanted to be in the comedy space and I've done a lot of comedy, mm-hmm. but. It's hard to break into that world. Especially when you are known, and I've been so yeah. lucky to be on these beautiful cable shows, these prestige dramas, drama, 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 drama. And this burnout that I had, and this past year that I've had, I was like, I want to bring joy. 
Yes. I, like joy is my word of the year. I want to bring fun and flowers and, and joy, joy. <laughs> and, and after parties. And like, that's like, I'm, I want to bring it back because, because now I have more space. Like I right. really walked through fire, like yeah. this past year and I came and I like who I was in January, I cannot even imagine, like could not have imagined sitting here talking mm. to wow. you right now. Like yeah. I would have, I mean, I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Like it yeah. was, it was, I was in deep, deep despair, like on the bathroom floor. Like I'd take my son to school, come back, lay on the bathroom floor, cry till it was time to, uh, and work with different therapists and to get yeah. back. Cause I would, cause here's the thing. I know more now. And I'm like, I don't want to spend a year. Like I know that there's a way through mm-hmm. this. And I, so I've got to call on my support. I've got to lay on the floor and cry. I've got to lay on the floor. And yeah. I've got to, and I got to do it every day. And, and it does. And so now kind of what you were just saying, I do feel like I'm, I'm stronger. I can take mm-hmm. on more. And what I want to move into is like, I want to make people laugh. Like I want to bring joy into people's yeah. homes. Like I'm, I'm shifting out of that. And also now with this beautiful floral company that's expanding into this hospitality company that I didn't even plan wow. to, to like, it's like, I want to welcome people in and, but I'm very comfortable doing it privately. Right. But there's this like thing that I can feel. And I was like, it's like a rebrand. And she's like, it's an expand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I really, I feel that I feel like this. Um, and I'm excited. I want it. You know, I want yeah. things to be different. I want there to be fun and ease and light. And I want to bring that to people and meet them in their greatest grief. You know, and to mm. know that it's possible to be in that grief and and that with each passing day, like that, the more you look at it, the more you hold space that it will transform. It will transform. And you'll I remember, laugh again. I, you will laugh. And it right. because, and I'll never forget the day my dad died and Krista Vernoff called me because she called to, uh, it was so wild. I mean, I'm telling you, we're so connected. She called me the day, I, she didn't know my dad had died. It was actually the day out. She didn't know, I hadn't called and told her yet. The next day, and she's like, can you uh, come in to be the lead of my new show? <laughs> Can you come audition for it? It's called Grace. It's called Grace, of course. And I was like, uh, my dad just died. She's like, oh my God, never mind, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's like, <sighs> and then she called me back and she's like, I actually think you need this. I think it was a father-daughter show. And I, uh, and I was a dancer. And it was about uh, a choreographer and his eldest daughter was running his life. He used to be a dancer. And so I got to dance. I got to say dad every day. She's like, I actually think you need this and I need you. And I think one of you asked like, what, what is Krista? Like, who am I in her life? I think I activate her stories. Like, like she's not an actress in front of the camera, but I can embody. I mean, she, she does. She says, you're my muse. Like you can take my intonation, Mm -hmm. the thing I want to say, and I can move it through you. And it's like, you can physicalize the things that I'm wanting to say, do, feel, and and every version, but I'm always playing her. It's interesting. Like she cast me as her and all of, when she's really needs something mm-hmm. that is her mm-hmm. story, it's yeah. me. And I so there's just something where I, I know it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Because I am not the, I mean, she is a phenomenal writer. Like she is a writer, 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 and she is an artist. And, but I feel like I've just been called to embody when she really needs to tell her story. Because I get to tell what my story gift. through it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so it's so fun and such a great working experience for as sure. well. But you know, and what's your what's your comedy that's happening? Well, it's the Untitled Michael Malley Project. <laughs> okay, okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to like. No, yeah. it's great. I mean, we just like literally found we found out last week that oh my god, picked up. congratulations! congratulations. It's so amazing. It is my dream. We shot yeah. like I love Mary Tyler Moore. I grew oh, up yes. on sitcoms. Is it a sitcom? It's a sitcom. Oh, hell so yeah. lucky. Live audience multicam sitcom. You're so fucking lucky. I know. That is the I dream. Know. <laughs> 
Congratulations. It is the dream. And yeah. it was it was a lot of things. It was the year that I just had. I was like, fun, like light, joy. Also, my son being a teenager. Yes. And not one. The hours. The hours. <laughs> and, you know, he really, he really needs me. And, yeah. and I want to be in his life in a way that I haven't been able to for the past 10 years. Like I'm in his life, but I was always traveling and leaving. Yeah. And, you know, I, that was a very intentional shift. And... I read it and it's it was just great. Like Mike O'Malley, I don't know if you know his work at all. He and I had never met in person, but we had, he's an actor as well. And we were both cast on a show called Wayne, but we never met, which is a comedy, but it's like oh, a dark comedy. Oh, we just comedy. had um, yeah. Sierra, Sierra Bravo. Uh, I play her mother on the oh, show. You oh, do? my God. Yeah. No she's way. phenomenal. She, she was is awesome. so special. Oh, she's God. so special. Isn't she? Like beyond yeah. her years, man. Oh, yeah. My yeah, we goodness. were blown away by her. Yeah, yeah she's incredible. So I play her mother on the show. That's awesome. And it's like, and it was, it, that show was awesome. And she's awesome on it. And the creator, Sean Simmons, is wonderful. And he was a big Rectify fan. So that's how that happened. You got it. And so I, so Mike and I kind of crossed paths, but I'm not known in comedy. Like, even though I'd worked, mm-hmm. I, I was just like, well, where do I show up for the audition? And it was like, I auditioned a lot for the really? part and <laughs> happily too. And it was all on Zoom too. Like they do Zoomistry readings now. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was my, it was my first time doing a Zoom audition. Like, right. I was like, can we do the com- comedic beats work? Like, can we yeah. do this? And uh, John Cryer was cast as the lead. And so I read with him several times and love him. I mean, I, yeah. I was so... Talk about like... Oh my gosh. Professional comedy sitcom like and I wanted to be working with someone who was really solid in that yeah, space for sure. you know especially since even though I have a lot of experience in comedy and theater like you know it's a different it's, it's a, a different of world its own. it is yes and it's a different art form and just uh-huh. so I knew I was going to be on a quick learning curve and so I was very grateful that we were not worried about John you know yeah, yeah. and then Donald Faison is and we're not worried no about way. Donald no no I know him oh, okay. well He's, um, yeah love him love Donald and it shoots in LA. I and mean, it's the dream. It literally was my dream. Good and, for you. And thank God for my, I mean, my manager and agent found it. Like they were just like, this is you. And I read it and I was like, this is me. And and just so lucky that yeah. I kept showing up and then was able to get cast. And then we shot the pilot in June. And and then we just found out last week that That's it picked so up. That's so fucking and, awesome. And it's, it, I still feel it. I'm like, it's what a miracle. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so it hard. It is a miracle. It is it's yeah. a miracle. All yeah. these confluence of events have yep. to happen for this yes. one thing. And yes. I'm always like, this is a miracle. It's beautiful. Serendipity. Oh but it God. sounds like All you're around. working for your miracles. Mm. It sounds you're, like you're really showing up. And, you know, I think that, yes, miracles happen. But my belief is spirit meets you at your point of action. Mm. And it sounds like you are taking a lot of action to put yourself in the environments to create miracles. You are. Yeah. I'm, 100%. I, uh, and I'm really starting to move into more trust, like trusting the universe, trusting, asking, like, um, I don't, I don't know if I haven't, but I, there's something I can, and I haven't, I don't have the language around it because I'm in the middle of it right now. It's just like really noticing the universe showing yeah. up for me. And, and part of my work too is to, uh, work on receiving, allowing, having support, being supported. And like you said, moving into my fort, I am, I'm in a different space mm-hmm. with all of this. And I, I'm really interested in creating spaces for fun and joy and magic for other people to yeah. find, you know, and, but I, but I'm learning today. I'm like, oh, part of my work is to remember 
to not just create it for other people, but for yeah. myself too. Have a blast. Yeah. Right? That's oh, what yeah. it's about. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. We're, we'll we see. start we start shooting next year. And That's so exciting. I'm so, so delighted exciting. by yeah. it and so curious. All the things that come in, you know, when you're doing the work and doing everything for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. so curious how you two met. <laughs> I don't know. We grew start. up we're best friends since high school junior high yeah we've known each other we, like oh, grew wow. up a good yeah. 20 some odd oh years my gosh. okay yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah now i yeah. understand yeah yeah <laughs> now you get it yeah yeah that's all i have to say now i understand yeah got it but i mean <laughs> we're soul sisters Aww. yeah that's right that's but yeah, this cool. has been so inspirational and just i admire you so much oh and everything gosh. you've been through me too and Thank being you. so open and having such beautiful conversation and mm. coming here and all of it yeah well it's beautiful this this is Thank you for having me. Thank I, you. I, Are you kidding? Yeah, I really, this I really was, I'm so it. happy that Amy connected us. Yeah. I'm just in awe of you. So thank you yes. so much. Oh my gosh, you too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So a couple things. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about your week? <laughs> oh my God. I don't get it. <laughs> no. My week? Yeah. You want I'm still recovering from a very big birthday expedition to Disneyland. My for daughter. You. Oh. <laughs> for yeah. me. My daughter's eighth birthday. Which I wasn't invited to. Nope. She sure weren't. Me neither. Nope. What the fuck? We uh, got invited to the trampoline park. Yeah, with the rest not of her Disney class. Disney World. Yeah, well, that's where you guys belong. <laughs> with the masses. <laughs> hey. Uh no, we did. We took her and a few of her girlfriends. No, we have a hard time because Olivia's son, Elliot, and Briar are super close. But then sometimes you run into like the girl thing and boy thing, right? And Olivia's looking, she wants, she's staring no, I'm daggers. Irritated. She's I irritated. Get it. I, I don't like that story. Yeah. And I think Calvin and Elliot would have had a blast. A on the... fucking blast. Right. Yeah. If we would have brought them together. Cause like I feel like they have to like bro down a little bit because when the girls were like, Elliot doesn't care. This is like kind of stereotype and like, yeah, sounds like you are turning Briar into this. Yeah, dude. All right, fuck you guys. <laughs> no, no, but, but here's like, the thing: Elliot would be like on his iPad or Switch, and that girl Disneyland. No, I'm talking about like the whole thing. Like we slept over, and they did the slumber party, Can't and be like fine. Elliot's best friends at school are girls. Calvin loves girls, too. Elliot doesn't give a shit if it's girls. And if he wanted to be on his Switch, he'd be on his Switch. But not at Disneyland. And they should be fine with boys being in the atmosphere. I totally agree with that. What I was going to say was there were four girls, so it was even for the rides. If we had one more, then one kid was always left out. I would have because she would have invited another girl from her school. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing: I would have gone with Elliot on the rides. I know. I'm just kidding. Calvin on the rides. There weren't. There were only a certain amount of tickets, and that's the number that we had. Okay, nothing personal. Two parents to each kid. You know why? I'm just saying, Rob. We're gonna go to Disneyland. Yeah, without her. Without her. Do it. Oh. Do it. Anyway, anyway, so there's a lot of tension in, in the room, room today. Yeah. But you know what? We had fun without you anyways. For the record, I didn't even think twice about this. But clearly, oh, I did. clearly you did. Yeah, of course Olivia I was did. Upset. Well, because she does this whole like Briar and the girls. I'm like, 
that's fine. Briar can have her girls and Elliot can be around. Like, why are we he excluding? He absolutely can. And he always child. is. You know he me? always is. You, you know, know how it is with your children. Yeah. Yes. You're like, no. You know what? You guys should be thanking me because what? it was... Oh, I don't. I didn't want to go to this. <laughs> no, no, no. It was so exhausting. I am still recovering. My legs have been cramping. <laughs> it was actually a very... Doing two nights, like staying at the hotel and doing... It's very Getting exhausting. massages. It sounds No awful. massages. No massages. Okay. I want to stop fighting because I'm getting really irritated and I'm PMSing and I'm going to be like Wait, really who are you irritated with? I'm getting irritated that we're talking about like all of this conflict right now because I would like to move on. Mm. You and I talked about it on the phone, Olivia. Yeah, I was very honest. I said, listen, I'm not going to make a thing of this because I get it. It's done. I love you. But I would be lying if I didn't say my feelings got away. No, and we talked about our feelings and, and I did feel about bad. Our feelings. I, and I apologized and I understood. And I she even it. admitted that it was selfish of her. And my I mom said, was I really agree. upset too because my mom didn't come. I yeah. didn't get a call. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready for Sky Kai or whatever the hell it's but called. But here's the thing. I think it's important that we do discuss these things because I think so many times like you want to be evolved and like better than getting an upset. But if you don't admit like that things hurt right. your feelings, sure. then that's how you get resentments. And right. so now I have no resentments. We talked about it. Because we talked about yeah, it. I agree. And obviously you would never not be included for Briar's birthday. Like if she wasn't having another party, you would have been at Disney, like whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know that. I know. They're fucking like cousins. Like Calvin, on the other hand, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, Calvin and Elliot really I'm hit it off kidding. after a while. They're both quiet and shy. Mm. But, but yeah, after... did they wind? I was wondering if they yeah, would they like... Yeah, they did good. They did. Bro down, they well, did? Well, we, we lost them in the corn maze. We did. What? Yeah, we really lost them in the corn maze. You lost your children? They ran fast. Yeah, they ran ahead of us. Yeah, that those things are gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we... Yeah. They're very How'd you similar. Find them? They're though. still there? They're still there, yeah. <laughs> we gave up. It was a good like three, four minutes of... Of where are yeah. they? And wow. her panicking. Yeah, I was a little panicked. I get it. But it was different because I didn't have Shepherd. And oh, so got it. I felt like she kept telling Elliot all day how much she missed Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it a few times. I'm just not used to going places with Poor just Elliot. Elliot. Yeah, Elliot you're like, isn't fake. this weird? It's just me and you hanging out. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I had a great time with him. He's so easy. Like when it's just us two, I'm like, wow, this is really easy. If Shepard would have been there, that would have been a lot different. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And I feel like if there was another pair, it, it would have been... probably ruined. Well, yeah. Especially a girl. Yeah. If you would have brought girl a girl thrown into the mix. Yeah, exactly. My point exactly. No. <laughs> disagree i don't like the whole girl boy no i don't either and we don't do that they always play they don't do that it was just anyway i you know i have nail polish on and i accidentally hit my wall and you know how nail polish colors your white walls if you look at her nail trying to change this subject well rob looked at me like what are you doing she's hitting the wall trying to get out of this i am hitting a wall (laughs) abigail yes love her love her story oh my god i know crying it was really touching and she gosh she's one of those people that why are you shaking your <laughs> Rob, ice cubes we in the microphone talk about st- shaking up our iced matchas 
We gotta get the like stuff at the bottom. Yeah, we gotta real. We gotta do a shake break. Oh, <laughs> shake it, break it. <laughs> time for a shake break. Kind of glitter. Kick it with that. I friend. know. It's just so I used really time. cheap glitter on Halloween like two days ago. What were you? Still my face. all over you. Like I don't I, even know you anymore. Briar and I were matching witches. But what did you dress up as? <laughs> Briar's not a witch. I am though. You're right. <laughs> She's not. She's not. Um, so Olivia's birthday came and went. Came and went. <laughs> we were supposed. We had big plans, game night plans, and they were canceled due to sickness. But since we have a tradition of opening gifts whilst recording, here I it have is. Olivia's gift. One gift is missing. I just collect things over. Well, you time. already gave me one. <gasps> oh, knock that over. You already gave me one gift. I did. Which was my friendship. A, <laughs> which was your love, which was a really cute pair of mustard colored pants from the grade. Yeah. And TJ Maxx. I love TJ Maxx. <laughs> a real. What's this? Oh, what's going on here? The super special. Is it? 90s throwback. Oh, <gasps> you got me the pants. Yes. I oh, yeah. Rob wants a pair now. <laughs> Rachel, I'm really, 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 really happy. And I just got a new pair of shoes that. Thank and, you. You're welcome. Those are big pants. They're yeah, they're really 90s throwback. Cute. Super dope. What pants, brand Rob? are they? Lioness? I don't know. And what's this? It's a very cute. You oh made my that? gosh. You knitted that? It's a cute <laughs> bag. I wish I could knit. That's so adorable. Isn't that cute? That's actually, you know what's really funny? What? Is that I was bringing my computer here today to yeah. your house because I was going to work here afterwards. And I couldn't find the right bag to travel with my computer. Oh, well, there you go. Here he is. <gasps> and then just cozy life. A sweater, cozy life. But I'm life. missing one present that oh my I God, got for Rachel, you. Oh my God, Rachel, I love all of it. That would be really cute with these and I this can't find it. amazing. Here, I'm going to hug you. No, you okay. don't want me to. Yeah, you're oh, probably you're, sick. I'm not sick. I don't get sick. I love you. I love you too. Happy birthday. Thank you Belated so much. Belated birthday. I, but one more thing will come to you when I find it. I'm really excited about the pants and everything. Yeah, I know. The pants are exciting. What else did you get me? <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I could find it. Hmm. Did you do, do the you like same colors? prayer? I love it. Robbery jealous of the purse. <laughs> so jealous. And pants. This is exciting stuff, guys. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I don't know Dirt why we don't have more. I don't know why we don't have more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did gift openings. I know that was a joke. Oh, Rob, oh, made, Rob a made a funny. Yeah. What are your three favorite movies? <laughs> what are your three favorite things about me? What are your three favorite me? movies? <laughs> what are your three favorite movies, Rob? Did we do this? Yeah, yeah. we already did this. We did. What did you say? <laughs> There was some obscure shit that I've never seen what? because you're too Harold cool. and Maude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like a day in November. They were like Yakuza A films. Swedish film, you know? <laughs> a day to remember. A Swedish film. The Mandy Moore movie. Yeah. A walk to remember. It's <laughs> Rob's favorite movie. <laughs> oh God, that would be so good if it was. That would be. 
I feel like I, I probably feel like I'll watch Remember Coyote Ugly. <laughs> yeah. Coyote Ugly was fun. You can try to resist being Can't fight the moonlight. <laughs> yep. Rack up those listeners. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Rachel. What? So, Jeff and oh. Rachel have had the same therapist for a long time, okay? And she retired, Rob. And yesterday, Jeff was telling me a story about how she was saying goodbye. And she was like, I'm going to blow you three kisses. And she, he was like, why? Is this on Zoom? <laughs> on Zoom. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 70-year-old lady blowing him kisses. And then she said, and I want you to end the call. And then he told me that story and I started sobbing. I was like, oh, because it's so meaningful. Like he, she wanted him to be the one who ends it because that's Because he's cured now. And... No, he, she strongly suggested he keep going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Elliot comes in the room and is like, why are you crying, mom? And I was like, because daddy's therapist retired. And he was like, what's a therapist? And Jeff's like, it's someone you go and you talk about your feelings. Like, if you're sad, if you're upset, they help you work through it. And I said, well, you can also go when you're happy. It's good to just have someone to talk about your feelings with. And he goes, any feeling? And we're like, yeah. He's like, disgust. (laughs) 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 So we said, yes, disgust. (laughs) And he's like, okay. That, that's the end of my story. <laughs> he was disgusted at you? It was no, so his feeling funny. that he needed to talk about he was the feeling of disgust. disgust. <laughs> I was like, for sure, disgust. It's so good. So, Have you ever been to a therapist? Yeah. Do you really? currently go? No. Do you feel like you need to? I don't have time. <laughs> to... Oh, the biggest oh, story in the boy. book. No, I feel like I don't. I'm, I'm okay right now. When were you not okay? He's shaking his matcha. <laughs> what are, did you find anyone? No, she, I had. She gave me recommendations. Did she make you blow her kisses? We both cried when we. I was supposed to have one last session. Like I, ha, it was in the schedule, but we decided. I'm like, I can't say goodbye for a third time because each time it was like a grieving process. Like I was not okay all day, so I did not see her yesterday to say goodbye. I said goodbye the week before, and I cried for the week. Whatever it was. I it's feel like hard. I need to write her a thank you note. Do it. She was, yeah, really special. And it's it weird. It's like the death because like you're never going to see or talk to this person again. And they like know you so intimately. And it's like, it's just a weird like breakup or death and mourning process. It's, it's been, it's been hard. I'm having a hard time, but. You can still go get coffee with her. No. Did she say no? Did you ask her? I didn't ask, but it's not like that. It's like a, it's like a secret relationship, right? So like confidentiality wise, like even her husband doesn't know who she talks to or whatever. So I think it's like very separate. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Like when you're coaching, you don't. Yeah, I mean, you come on the podcast and and talk about about everybody's problems. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but they don't say who they are. I was joking. Yeah, we were joking. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, oh, you do? do. You do? But I have clients that like we were with one of my clients this weekend. And I don't I who? don't who 
Well, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. What do you think of the person? They were nice. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah. But like, I, when I like get close to people, sometimes, sometimes I agree with those boundaries. And sometimes I'm like, well, you know what? It's really easy to still be there for you in that capacity and also have you in my life. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because of AA. Mm. Because like the sponsor, sponsee relationship, it's like it all becomes one big kind of like. That makes sense. Family unit. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So Rob, why were you in therapy? Yeah. You want us to be real. (laughs) My parents just had us go to therapy when we were younger. And they weren't splitting up. They just had you go. Yep. Because my brother was a problem child. Mm-hmm. So they just assumed so they everyone like, was? Had us all go for a little bit. Okay. So that was the only time you were in therapy was as a child? Yep. Hmm. Well, I wasn't in therapy until... Well, I feel like my parents sent me to someone as a kid, but that was just to help with why I couldn't pay attention in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> What are you guys doing this weekend? Well, we're all going to the trampoline park. Oh, yeah. That's this weekend, huh? Yeah. I've got a lot this weekend. What else? Sebby's birthday, Briar's birthday. When's Sebby's and where? Saturday, somewhere. Disneyland. You're not invited. Don't worry. Libby's birthday. Jeez. I know. Raging. I hate kids' parties. We had to go to one for Halloween this last weekend. But But that's when you dressed up as a family. Not that one. We had to go to another one for Calvin's school. Um, Calvin looked so... The teapot really worked well. It did. It didn't stay on his head, so he didn't have it on most of the time. Aww. No. What do you mean it didn't stay on his head? It just kind of like fell forward. <laughs> it was too heavy. Well, we took the sandbags out of it. I think it just wasn't You got the picture, though. Enough. Yeah, we got the photo. <laughs> Should anybody know who it was? Um, there was... Of of couple people, Shepard didn't dress up. He, he wouldn't just went dress trick up. or treating as he Shepherd? would not <laughs> trick or treat either. <gasps> he wore his skeleton pajamas. He would walk up to the house. Elliot would say trick or treat, and they'd say, "Do you want candy?" And he'd go, "No." <laughs> <laughs> he didn't trick or treat. So did you have to sort through all the candy and take out yeah everything except for gummy ones? Like yes, so he could only eat the like Skittles. Starburst, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. the chocolate uh, you had have. to eat. <laughs> yeah. I've eaten a lot of chocolate. Did you bring the mint? Oh, melts? did you forget it? I forgot Rob. To. Yeah, I ordered mint melt voice and oh, I'll I'll bring blast. them. Blast. <laughs> it's all mint. Where's my Girl Scout cookie stuff that I ordered? Oh, the Girl Scout cookie stuff. We're sorting it on the twelfth. The twelfth, yeah. So when should we expect delivery? It's kind of I'm what? not going around personally driving around delivering. <laughs> well, it said on the on the yeah, choice. Yeah, I mean, that's what we paid for. Yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't pay. If you paid, it would be delivered to your house. No, we it was paid. Free. We paid for all our goods. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it said Rachel will drop these off. <laughs> it said, "Do you buggy. want the Girl Scout to give it to you directly?" And I said, "Absolutely." Yeah. So Briar will go around. <laughs> You're going to send her in an Uber. Yeah, in an Uber. Yep, that's right. She's going to Uber all the Girl Scout goods to everybody. Has she watched True Beverly Hills? No, but we're going to do that. 
That's so fun. Yeah. We That's have like a plan movie. with the Girl Scouts, yeah. you know, and watch it. Because it's absolutely the best. Please tell me you know best. Troop Beverly Hills, Rob. Oh, food's here. Do you know Troop Beverly Hills? It's so good. Get out. <laughs> oh, All good. Right. Food's here. We gotta go. Okay, we gotta go eat. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>